Can everybody hear? Uh, we're going to go ahead and start the part, portion of our program of proclamations. I just want all the judges that, that are in the chambers to realize that you're in our chambers at this time, and, uh, and, and welcome. Um, I would like to yield the mic to uh, uh, Judge Edwards, uh, Councilman Edwards, uh, on, on a very important uh, proclamation uh, on, on, on someone that was very special to all of us. Judge? Thank you so much, Mr. Chairman. And let me ask Pull your mic. Pull your mic closer, Judge. And uh, Judy Sullivan, to please come up here with me. I'm turning it up in the back. You know, looking at this weather, I'm thinking that uh, Judge Sullivan is looking down on us now, trying to tell us that he thinks we're overdoing this. <laughs> Where's, did Belinda come up? There she is. I'm sorry. Mr. Chairman, thank you so much for allowing me to do this. Uh, Henry Sullivan was my dear, dear friend, and when I look back over my career and realize just how much of it I enjoyed with Judge Sullivan, uh, it really is very special to me. We were uh, very happy with the years that we spent in the DA's office. And of course, uh, it was more uh, satisfying for him because he met his lovely bride there. Uh, for all of those that, that do not know Miss Sullivan, uh, Judy Sullivan is here with us. And thank you for being here, Judy. We were elected Judge Sullivan and I, to the district court bench in 1996 and took office in, in January of 97. We had our robing ceremony together. Uh, and from that point in time, I watched Henry grow into an unbelievable judge, the most ethical, most honest, hardest working judge that I have ever met. And we in Jefferson Parish have been blessed over the years, and we still are with very good judges, but Henry's name belongs at the very top of that list. I know that the most important things to Henry in his life were his family, his friends, and being a judge in Jefferson Parish. Uh, toward the end of his life, the things that he was most worried about and he communicated to me on several different occasions was, of course, his wife Judy and he was very unhappy that he could not complete his term as judge. On our agenda today, you will see a resolution that is dedicating uh, the jury assembly room to Judge Sullivan. Uh, and I want to tell you how appropriate, how appropriate that dedication is. When we took office as judges in Jefferson Parish, Henry went out of his way. He would go down to that jury assembly room every opportunity that he had, much more than any other judge that I've known, and he would spend time with them. He would thank them for their service. He would make them understand just how important their service was to our system, and he would help them understand what they could expect, whether they were chosen as a juror or not. 
I want to tell you that we have a number of people to thank for, for being here today and having the opportunity to do this and to dedicate that, that jury assembly room to, to, uh, to Henry. But primarily, I have to thank uh, Blair Constant. Blair has just worked tirely to, to pull us all together and make this happen. And Blair, thank you so much for your, your work in this. I know it was a labor of love for you. Uh, I have to thank uh, John Gagenheimer, of course. Uh, that jury assembly room is, is under his jurisdiction, and he has just been delightful to, to work with to make this happen. But really everyone has. The Bar Association, the DA, Paul Connick, uh, the judges, uh, uh, President Lee Shing, all of my, my fellow council members. It's been, uh, it's been wonderful to watch. Uh, and I am very proud of, of being part of this. And with your permission, I will read the pro proclamation. Whereas Judge Henry Garland Sullivan Jr. was a dedicated and exemplary judge who made a lasting impact throughout Jefferson Parish, serving 24 years on the bench in Jefferson Parish's 24th Judicial District Court. And whereas he received his Juris Doctorate degree from Loyola Law School in 1974 and began his legal career in private practice and continued that practice for 22 years. Whereas he also served as an assistant parish attorney for the parish of Jefferson, as a legal advisor for Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office, as an, and as an assistant district attorney for the parish Jefferson, and whereas in 1966 he was elected as a judge to the Louisiana 24th Judicial District Court Division M, and his tenure on the bench included his appointment as chief judge in 2008. And whereas his professional associations included the American Bar Association, the Louisiana State Bar Association, the Louisiana Fourth and Fifth Circuit Judges Association, where he served as president, the John C. Butall American End of Court, the Louisiana District Judges Association, the Jefferson Bar Association, the National Judicial College Alumni, and he was a fellow of the Louisiana Bar Foundation. And whereas he was a lifelong resident, of the West Bank of Jefferson Parish and his love for his community showed in his long list of civic involvements. And whereas among some of his interests were the Gretna Community Association, the Gretna Historical Society, the Gretna Historical Society of Louisiana, the West Bank Rotary Club, Rotary International, Ancient Order of Hibernians, 49ers, the St. Thomas More Catholic Lawyers Association, and the Irish Channel St. Patrick's Day Club. And whereas, therefore, it is entirely appropriate this council rename the jury assembly room of the 24th Judicial District Court to the Judge Henry Garland Sullivan, Jr. Jury Assembly Room in his honor, with the full support of the clerk of court, John A. Gagenheimer, the parish president, Cynthia Lee Shing, the Chief Judge Ellen Kovach and the judges of the 24th Judicial District Court, the District Attorney Paul D. Connick, and the Jefferson Bar Association. Now, therefore, the Jefferson Parish Council, the governing authority of the Parish of Jefferson, Louisiana, hereby proclaims that Wednesday, June 24, 2020, shall be known and celebrated as Judge Henry Garland Sullivan, Jr. Day in Jefferson Parish. Uh, I am delighted, as I said, to be part of this and to present this proclamation to his bride, Judy. Uh, we will have a formal dedication of the, the jury assembly room at some time that's undetermined now in the future, and I'll make every effort to see that everyone is invited to that. 
Uh, Cynthia, do you and Blynn have anything you'd like to add? Certainly an honor to, to be part of this and standing up here, and, and I know the judge is looking down fondly and giving you strength, Judy, because I've stood in your position twice, and um, and this lady by your side, um, the mayor of Gretna, is gonna, your friendships like that are going to get you through these tough times. So um, as I'm standing there seeing you two hold one another, it, 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 I know that's where your strength comes from. Um, Judy, you have given so much to the community, and, and there's so much love there for you, and that will get you through, I know, um, some of the most difficult times in your life. So it's certainly an honor to be here, but um, of course my thoughts are with you today, Judy. So I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I just want to say thank you. Thank you to um, Councilman Edwards, to Marion, our dear friend. Um, I know how much Henry meant to Marion, and um, it's just such a privilege to stand up here with these people and my best friend Judy Sullivan. And thank you all for keeping her in your prayers. And um, as we say every day, you know, we've got the best man looking down on us um, from the big bench, from the bench. And so thank you so much for being a part of this and for doing this for Judy and Henry. Thank you. Again, thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Chairman, did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, and I just wanted to uh, comment, uh, Judy. Uh, you, know, you know I loved your husband. Uh, I've had the honor of him swearing me in more than once uh, and always had the highest respect uh, and honor that he carried throughout our community. And I guess the biggest honor I can say he was a friend. And I thank you for sharing her, him with us as a community. Uh, and our prayers are with you. And anything we can do for you, just let us know. Thank you. And would you like to come down and have some pictures I'll, made as a group? I'll, 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 I'm going to yield to Councilman Pastato. All right. Hold on. Go ahead. Uh, Ms. Sullivan, I feel compelled to, to just share a little bit of a story about what I, what I felt of your husband. Um, my first appearance in the 24th Judicial District as a lawyer uh, was in front of Judge Sullivan. Uh, was in a pretrial conference with my then boss, and when we walked out, uh, I, I told my boss, I said, are all judges that nice? Uh, do they all treat you that, I mean, that great? I mean, y'all told me these war stories about going in court in front of these judges. I mean, this guy, he, he treated me like he was my best friend, and he just met me and all. And he says, well, Dominic, he pretty much told you to shut up three times. And then I said, well, then he was really, really nice about it. <laughs> but the fact is he, um, he, made, he made, made every lawyer in his room, in my experience, feel like he cared about them. He cared about what we were doing. He cared about the people we represented. And uh, didn't mean the result was what we wanted all the time. Uh, but he, he was a person that made me want to be a better lawyer. And uh, I have no doubt that... Uh, as J Judge Edwards <laughs> uh, saw him as, as a friend and a mentor and a colleague. Uh, I'm sure everyone in this room and every lawyer that's been in fr front of him felt the same way. So I'm proud to be able to say that I'm going to play a, a small, small part in this. Thank you. Right, thank you so much, Dominic. We got coming down. Take Please. a picture. All right.
Get the judges up to have a picture Judges, thank you all once again for coming out and sharing a special moment for, for Judge Sullivan. Uh, now I'll call Councilman Dino Bonanno uh, for presentations. I'd like to take the opportunity to recognize some very special individuals who have worked to serve this parish diligently and at their own personal risk for the last three months during this COVID-19 crisis. As a first responder, I can tell you that this parish is a very resilient parish, and every time we have faced a crisis, whether it's a flood, a hurricane, a tornado, or even a BP oil spill, this parish, its workers, and its first responders have risen to the occasion and served our parish well. And because of their efforts, we've always been able to turn quicker than anybody else, and stronger and more resilient for everybody else. And on this occasion, I'm going, to represent, I'm going to recognize several groups. But first and foremost, I, thought, I don't think anyone deserves as much recognition as our healthcare heroes. On behalf of all healthcare workers who served on the front line, not just doctors and workers, but their support staff as well, 
Uh, they were all involved in the response to the COVID-19 crisis, and this council wishes to express our sincere gratitude. And I've asked our three hospitals to come here today to represent all healthcare workers, but I'm going to read this proclamation that all of them will receive. Um, whereas the COVID-19 pandemic created a public health crisis that placed all Jefferson Parish healthcare workers at great risk for contraction of this illness, and whereas this pandemic created difficult challenges for all parish hospitals to provide acute care for the large number of COVID-19 patients, and whereas healthcare workers worked tirelessly through long shifts under difficult conditions to provide services to our population during this unique emergency. And whereas through their efforts, many lives were saved and were able to fully recover from this illness. And where the actions of our healthcare worker heroes are worthy of our recognition for serving on the front lines during this crisis, now, for, now therefore, the Jefferson Parish Council of Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, recognizes and commends. And first off, we're going to have Ashna Hospital and representing Ashna Hospital are a group of healthcare workers, and I'm going to read out their names for you. Ms. Tracy Moffitt, she's the System Chief Nursing Officer and Vice President for Quality at Oshner. Deborah Ford is the Chief Nursing Officer. Sylvia Hartman is the Chief Nursing Officer at the Kennel location. And Melissa Adams is the Chief Nursing Officer at Oshner West Bank. And I forgot to mention that Tracy is the Chief Nursing Officer at Oshner Health in the main campus, and, Trace and Deborah Ford is at Jefferson Highway. So ladies, if y'all would come on up. Yeah, I have it written down right here. There. Everybody want to come down and take a picture? And 99. I'm going to put my mask on. Yeah, okay. Right. Next, representing um, East Jefferson General Hospital EMS, Ms. Dawn Lemoyne, who's operations manager. Why don't I just stay here? We can take this with everybody. I failed to mention to everybody, if you notice on my jacket, I have my campaign pins on. It's a, ha it's a tradition in Jefferson Parish that we give out campaign pins to our first responders who work through any major disaster. So if you notice, I have some of them on. I have a Katrina pin, the Great Flood in Baton Rouge, and now the COVID-19 pin. So I'll be giving this to everybody. For the healthcare workers who were here previously, I'll get those to you before we leave today. 
Lastly, for healthcare workers, I want to recognize Ms. Andrea Owens. She's an RN and emergency room director, and Ms. Monica Bologna, who's an RN for West Jefferson Medical Center, LCMC Health. Would y'all please come up? Let's have a round of applause for our healthcare heroes. Well, if you had worked in any response to any disasters in the past the last 20 years, you would realize that our fire departments are a vital part of our ability to overcome any challenges that are thrown at us. And the response to the COVID pandemic is no different. Our firemen adapt and overcome any emergency. And during this COVID crisis, they tested presumptive positive patients, distributed and delivered food to the elderly and the needy, worked fire watches at the special treatment camp at Bisonette, among other, other actions. Once again, you rose to the occasion to serve your parish. And representing Jefferson Parish Fire Services today, we have uh, Fire Services Director Byron Adams, Fire Chief Gary Gerard from Bridge City, Fire Chief Don Robinson from Murrow Harvey, and Fire Chief Mike Ortiz from Avondale Fire Department. If you please would come up. And Chief Randy Bean from... Um, Live Oak Manor. Let's have a round of applause for our fire services. <laughs> this next group is one who I was not very familiar with until this disaster, but they certainly, again, rose to the occasion and were such a valuable resource for us. Uh, never doing any disaster that I've responded to in the last 30 years. Have we ever needed to provide as much food and nutrition to our population as we did during the COVID-19 crisis? We had unemployed service workers and an elderly population who could not and should not be out shopping for groceries, as well as shut-in citizens because of their underlying medical conditions could not even let their family members prepare meals for them. This situation presented numerous challenges, as not only did we have to distribute groceries to the general population, but we also had to find a way to provide prepared meals to the seniors and shut-ins. Once again, the staff at Second Harvest Food Bank came to our rescue. I call them our silent heroes because the people, their people work around the clock providing groceries and cooking meals for those most in need, but do so with little fanfare or recognition. During this crisis, they helped us deliver over one million pounds of groceries and thousands of prepared meals. 
I felt it was important for this council to recognize Ms. Nalajero and her staff for all that they have done for our citizens during this crisis. And with that, I'd ask Ms. Natalie to come on up and receive your proclamation on behalf of the Parish Council. And she also has with her Ms. Mamie Williams, and I know y'all don't know her. She's a silent, like I said, partner. But she's been invaluable to me. She's been one of my direct contacts on this whole crisis. And she's a real go-getter, so I want to recognize Ms. Williams as well. Please give a big round of applause to Second Harvest. I want to mention to this, if you're ever looking for a good cause to volunteer or a place to donate to that really goes to the needy people, please consider donating your time or your money to Second Harvest Food Bank. It's a very, very good cause. Lastly, I'm going to ask our parish president, Cynthia Lee Shang, to join me. Um, as a lifelong, as a 32-year career uh, Jefferson Parish employee, I can tell you that Public employees are oftentimes criticized, but rarely praised. Jefferson Parish has many dedicated and professional employees who have gone above and beyond during all our crises, and this crisis is no different. We have a population of seniors who are not able to cook for themselves and could not even be around their own families. There were over 500 seniors on the waiting list for Meals on Wheels, and the council agent has a limited budget and weren't able to provide them with daily meals. Work with President Shang and her staff we ask for volunteers from our parish employees to help us sort and take the prepared meals from Second Harvest directly to the homes of seniors and shut-ins. And I'm very proud of the fact that our employees volunteered to provide this vital service. They did this twice a week without any problems, and no one came down with the virus. We'd like to call up President Chang as I did to accept this proclamation on behalf of our departments, but due to social distancing, we cannot recognize the 52 employees who worked in this program. But we do have individual proclamations that we will deliver to each one of them, along with a campaign pen. And so that, with that, I want to read this proclamation. Whereas the COVID-19 pandemic created a public health crisis that prevented senior citizens and those with compromised immune systems from being able to shop for food and other essentials. And whereas the pandemic guidelines recommended social distances for these individuals, which prevented even their family members from entering their homes. Whereas the funding for Seniors on Meals on Wheels program limited the amount of meals that could be delivered to those in need. And whereas the Jefferson Parish employees from the Recreation Department, Library Department, Parish Council staff, and employees from the City of Gretna and West Wego volunteered to assist in the delivery of prepared meals from Second Harvest Food Bank directly to those seniors during the peak of the COVID-19 crisis. And where these, whereas these employees place themselves in harm's way in order to care for those in great need in our parish, and where their efforts are worthy of our recognition for serving on the front lines of this crisis. Would you accept this on behalf of all the 52 employees who served in this crisis? Thank you. Thank you, And I have to give out a shout out to my fellow colleague, Ms. Jennifer Van Rankin. She worked with us as well, so she'll be receiving a proclamation. And each of you all now have a, a pandemic campaign pin, and I'd ask you all to wear that proudly today in recognition of the effort of all our first responders doing this event. Thank you all.
No, she can't. She can't follow us. And with the, one thing I want to say before I leave is that there are others we're going to recognize certainly at the next council meeting because we didn't have time today. But the Louisiana National Guard and our law enforcement played a huge role in this effort. I talked to the sheriff yesterday and asked him if he would be present at our next council meeting to see the, receive this recognition, and he accepted our offer. So they will be coming up at the next meeting. Good morning, everyone. I stand here in delight to provide presentations of merit and proclamations to um, some wonderful people who've supported our efforts in our district as well as all those in Jefferson Parish. First, I would like to have those who I consider heroes, the gentlemen and the ladies who work in general services, who work very hard for us every day, who aren't often spoken for, but are always in the mix of all the things that we do in Jefferson Parish, and they've stepped up in a mighty way during this pandemic. Without them, 10 of our larger events could not have taken place. They not only worked uh, the times that were permitted, but also they volunteered their times and worked overtimes without pay to help us to carry out our food giveaways, our mask giveaways, as well as our events uh, for testing that have taken place throughout the uh, Jefferson Parish and our district. And so I'd, <clears throat> I'd like to take this opportunity to have Tim Hoskins, Alec Thompson, Dietrich Ray, Darius Bouvet, Andrew Padilla, and Michael Tilquit to please come up and receive your certificates of merit. Please give them a round of applause. My colleagues, please come and join me to take pictures with these fine gentlemen. great men who work with the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office who's always been there for us, who work very hard to make sure 
our logistics are always in order and that things are ran effectively and efficiently. We'd like to give them this certificates of merit because of the fine work that they do, not only for us, but also in Jefferson Parish, and that's Captain, uh, Captain Kevin Decker and Captain Larry Dice. My colleagues, welcome, please, to take pictures with us. I'd like to provide uh, one of our constituents, a young lady who has, who volunteered to provide us with not only food and cleaning supplies and other essential needs and have been there and was actually contacted me because she had worked before with, uh, with our chairman, Ricky Templet. Uh, she's been very invaluable and she's, uh, her and Dewan on my staff have worked together wonderfully and she's actually uh, like, I would say, the glue that keeps things going for us in the community. And so I would like to take this opportunity to provide a, uh, a certificate of merit to Miss Sarah Galliano. Because of the generous donations from Humana Healthcare, we honor them today. Humana donated $4,500 to one of our local nonprofits for the purpose of buying masks that were distributed in our community. Humana has proven itself to be a wonderful local partner in healthcare, but also their philanthropic, the philanthropic nature of them is something that we should laud. The, 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 the understanding uh, that they have about the issues in our community and, and their desire, they reached out to us to say, how can we help? And we knew that we had a need to continue to distribute masks in our communities and they stepped up. And so I would like to have Joseph Yule, 
with Humana as well. If there's someone else who's representing Humana with you, please come up now. And Pastor J. Nelson Brown, if he's here. I'd like to say thank you all so much for everything that you all have done, and I appreciate the support, and we will forever be grateful. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we have, we just have two more, but we have a big one here. And I call it a big one because they deliver big trucks. Stuff with food, stuff with fresh vegetables, and, 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 and just stuff with things that our community has benefited from. Patrick Bodie and Roddy Main, Ronnie Main with CRC have been the most charitable people that I know during this crisis and they have stepped up not only in Jefferson Parish on both East Bank and West Bank but also in Kenner and in the surrounding regions in terms of providing food, water, and uh, anything that they had that they could give that would help the families and people in need in our community, and I just need for you all to please give them a big round of applause. Because they've been here for us, and they've said we will continue to be here for all of us who have people in need. Y'all please come up. The whole team is here. <laughs> I love it. Ronnie. Right. I would like to say a few things that uh, we started this project with an idea that, that I had at CRC four years ago. And um, four years ago, I selected Good Shepherd Church to be the first one, that, which was in Jefferson Parish, to try this idea. Um, we took food. We ended up distributing that food. And uh, the first year was a few hundred thousand dollars worth of food. Now we have 50 plus churches in the surrounding area and we're blessing all kind of people. So to give you a snapshot, we uh, last year, all last year, $8 million worth of retail items that go out, mostly produce. This year, year to date, we're at $12 million. So what I like to say is, it's not me, it's not always CRC, it's the community. With people like the pastor here, which I would like him to say a few words, mm -hmm. 
in the other churches, that's how we're able to bless so many people. So with that said, would you like to say just a few things? Put them on the spot. <laughs> Good morning. My morning. name is Gonzalo Rodriguez. I'm pastor of Good Shepherd Baptist Church. I've been pastor for 40 years in that church. And I never see a, a person like Mr. Ronnie so merciful with those people. We've been helping thousands of people from the community. And I just want to thank God for this opportunity and for my dear friend Ronnie because we con we're going to continue helping those people because we have people who really care. God bless you. God bless you. All right. Yep. Council and every. Last but, last but not least, there's such a person who has brought his vast knowledge and experience to Jefferson Parish government, someone whom I've worked with for over 20 years and who I've admired, but I admire him even more so now because he works with us here in Jefferson Parish. And whenever we called him, even in a moment's notice, he was able to deliver. He was able to get things done that we couldn't have gotten done. And so we wanted to take this opportunity to stand before you in honor, none other than Steve LeShue. Right. Councilman, I have to say, I appreciate Steve gets an award because he has to deal with me, so that's why. take an hour break. All right, good morning, everyone. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start uh, this morning's council meeting. Uh, this is June 24, 2020. We're here in Jefferson Parish. 
at the council meeting, at the general government building, at 200 Derby Street in Gretna, Louisiana. Uh, we're here now calling this meeting to order. Uh, I would actually call on now uh, Councilman Scott Walker uh, for uh, our guest for our invocation. Good morning, everyone. Oh, no. Go ahead. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. You got me? Uh, today's invocation will be led by the Reverend Colin Bro. Uh, he was ordained to the priesthood back in 2013 and currently serves as the pastor at the Visitation of Our Lady Church in Marrero since 2018. He's also been the parochial vicar at St. Margaret Mary in Slidell from 2013 to 2016 and St. Anne Church and National Shrine in Metairie from 2016 to 2018. Father Bro. And, and before, Father, you do this, uh, I'd like to call on this time just uh, for a moment of silence. Uh, we've had a long-time employee at Jefferson Barish. Everyone would know him as Billy LSU Sanders, uh, has served our parish well. So if we could all observe a moment of silence. Thank you very much. Father? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Let's begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of this day and being able to gather here for this council meeting. Help us all to use the gifts that you have given us for your glory, not ours. And just like St. John the Baptist, may we decrease ourselves so that you can increase in our neighborhoods, in our communities, and throughout the entire parish. We ask for your continued care and protection during this hurricane season, especially regarding the coronavirus and the pandemic. Be with those currently suffering from it, from the virus. Receive those who have died into your kingdom and be a consolation to their families and loved ones right now. Continue to strengthen and encourage our doctors, nurses, healthcare workers, first responders who are responding to this challenge with devotion and tired selflessness. Raise up all of our spirits towards you and bring us your hope that one day this virus will end. Rain down your heavenly power upon the earth to inspire a vaccine and a treatment to be discovered quickly. May your spirit of peace and fraternal charity spread across our land that we may respond with love and not indifference or hate. May we respond with understanding when there are disagreements. May we understand more deeply that we are all created in your image and likeness as your sons and daughters. May we never forget that we are all part of one human family. Help us to build up those around us instead of tearing them down. And help us to see you and our brothers and sisters, inspiring us to respond with your charity and your truth. And shower your spirit upon the members of this council. Open their hearts and minds to you. Help them to know your will for the good of Jefferson Parish and give them the grace to respond to it by putting it into action. May they uphold the dignity of the human person, equality of all, and the promotion of the common good. Keep them in your peace when facing challenging decisions and give them joy in their service to others. We ask all this through Christ our Lord who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And thank, thank you, Father. And at this time, I would like to call on Ms. Julie Sullivan to please lead us in a pledge. 
please join in. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you so much, Judy. Madam Clerk, will you please call roll? Try it now. I'm sorry. Yes. Chairman yes. Temple. Present. Councilman Walker. Here. Councilman Edwards. Councilman Bonanno. Here. Councilman Lee. Here. Councilman Impostato. Present. Councilwoman Van Rankin. Present. Parish President Ms. Lee Shang. Yes, ma'am. And I've completed the roll. All right, thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, j just real fast, I just want to once again uh, say good morning and welcome everyone uh, to the chambers. This is the first council meeting here on the West Bank in our parish seat since the, the uh, coronavirus or the pandemic has started. And it's great to be back home uh, in our parish seat. And thank you all for all who has come out. Uh, please do not forget uh, to um, practice social distancing and the rules and such guidances. Uh, if you notice, our seats are, are presented in, this, in the audience six feet apart. Uh, my colleagues and I uh, are separated by shields. Uh, we need to protect uh, uh, each other uh, from this virus, and uh, we're hoping right now we're still in phase two uh, by the governor's order, uh, and hopefully eventually we can expand to phase three. Um, other than that, um, Madam Clerk, would you like to address the council? Yes, thank you. My, Madam President, I'm sorry. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And I want to thank you for allowing for a moment of silence. It was a, a true loss to, to lose um, Mr. William Sanders, Jr., better known as Billy LSU Sanders. He was a member of our Environmental Affairs Department, a longtime employee with the parish for 17 years. But more than that, he was an excellent employee, uh, recipient of the Employee of the Year Award, uh, many times recipient also <clears throat> of the Dunbar Award. Um, and I think, you know, if you ask the people who work with him, he was very fun-loving, the type of person, if he knew you were having a bad day, come up to you and try to cheer you up. So it, it truly is a loss for us. So we, we absolutely want to keep um, his family in our prayers. Um, I want to uh, briefly and, again, um, have to open my statements, again, with COVID numbers. Um, yesterday's dashboard reflected 8,888 cases for Jefferson Parish. This is 479 deaths that we've also had to um, deal with, um, with over 73,500 tests performed. But yesterday's dashboard was um, disappointing in many ways. We added 147 cases. This is the highest daily increase that Jefferson Parish has seen since April 20th, over two months ago. Um, so this is... Uh, not. I was on the phone at length with Dr. Cantor, our Region 1 Medical Director. This was not a result of a backlog of cases. This was not a result of a timing issue. This was a result of behaviors and true positive case counts. We have been very good at flattening the curve and hand, um, being able to deal with kind of what I call a low plateau. Yesterday's numbers was um, 
a little bit more um, uh, disappointing for us. So I think it's a combination of certainly we were expecting people being out and about more, but certainly the highly publicized parties, um, the bars in Baton Rouge that we know, even though that was related to Baton Rouge in New Orleans, we know, um, I personally know that there were many Jefferson Parish um, residents that um, took place in those activities. And, you know, the also troubling thing is that this is a result of community spread. So while, you know, the 18 and 29-year-old age groups is where we're seeing the growth um, and their mortality rates are certainly, they have a better shot at getting through with a mild case, we know the fear is that they bring this virus home to their elderly relatives. So um, we will be on top of it. Um, we are trying to plan right now a, a call tomorrow with JEDCO with the Louisiana Restaurant Association, with our business groups, um, to just remind everyone, especially our restaurant and bar owners, um, to be vigilant. Not only are the patrons coming in, but the health, the workers in those establishments are also in the 18 to 29-year-old age group. So we are um, setting that up today as well. Um, again, the more closely you interact with others and the longer the interaction, especially indoors, the higher risk of COVID event, um, COVID spread that you have. Um, want to remind everyone that we continue to have um, testing at the Alario Center. I believe they had to shut down um, today. I know when I passed by, one of the tents was down with the wind event, but that is a daily, um, except on, on Sunday, um, we, we continue to do Alario Center. Also today, AP Clay Center in Kenner through Oshner, a partnership with Oshner today from 1 to 7. Um, Celebration Church, the Kenner Campus, again, a partnership with Oshner that we are doing tomorrow, June 25th, and um, Friday, June 26th from 1 to 7. This is all free testing. Priority Health Care at the Harvey Community Center today um, through Friday from 8 to 11, and at the Woodmere Community Center um, today through Friday as well. Free testing um, available. Um, I did want to speak about... Um, how coronavirus has hit us financially as a parish, um, certainly with the slowdown of our economy, the biggest hit to our budget, and, and you will have um, before you today, um, and I hope you will support the um, budget reductions that we need to acknowledge because of COVID. Obviously, the biggest hit to um, the parish is the sales tax revenue. Sales tax revenues represent 36% of our, our budget, um, and we surprisingly or did the balance very well, I think as Councilman Bonanno alluded to in his proclamations, um, March reductions for sales tax, we have only realized 8.8%. And surprising to me, as well as everybody who else hears the number, April, when we were really in a shutdown mode, um, we reduced, we, our sales tax was reduced only by 18.2%. I've always believed that Jefferson Parish continued to stay busy for essential. We have a large um, retail. A lot of people from other parishes come to shop here, and they were still coming here um, to do their essential shopping during the stay-at-home order. Um, the May losses for our sales tax, we're going to find out that in the next few days. So um, we're keeping um, very close contact with the sheriff's office in the next few days. So um, again, this sales tax, decline of sales tax revenue, um, half of that revenue goes straight to our operating budget. Um, departments such as streets, which is 95% relying on sales tax, drainage, which is over 50% relying on sales tax, are going to take big hits. Of course, in other revenue-producing areas, the hotel occupancy tax, um, we only saw, you know, for our hotel rooms, it's a normally a 60 to 90% capacity for our hotel rooms in Jefferson Parish. During coronavirus, it was 10%. So obviously, the hotel occupancy tax is going to reflect that drop, and has, we've seen now it's a 60% drop in those revenues. Um, the fines and forfeitures, the license and permits, 
the special re revenue funds that particularly affect Alario Center, uh, LaSalle Park, again, the streets and drainage also will have to be hit and cuts will be there. So on today's um, amendment to the budget, to balance the budget, as we know, we make these adjustments every council meeting, you're going to see a $19 million request to um, take those cuts. Largely, we're very fortunate we have not had to lay off people in Jefferson Parish because of this, um, and that is something that we were always trying to avoid. Um, these cuts are going to come from vacancies, from attritions, from um, hiring freezes for the remainder of the year, and also many some of the projects. None of the projects that have started we've been able to um, um, have to deal with, but some of the projects may be delayed to deal with these budget cuts. We have also just submitted um, in early June for our CARES Act funding at um, uh, a $29.6 million um, dollar request to the CARES Act funding for that. Also, we also want to say next month we are hosting um, blood drives. The great things about this next round of blood drives, and we know as regular surgeries get back, we would like everybody to consider giving blood, but this next round will get you also a free antibody test. So Saturday, July 18th at Pard Playground in Marrero, and Saturday, July 25th at Pontiff Playground. Uh, I know Councilman Van Rankin gave blood there. I know many of us gave blood um, the last time. Probably won't be able to give blood again. I don't think enough time has passed. But for other, for, for new donors, uh, a free antibody test. We also know people are struggling financially out there. The HUD tenant-based rental assistance applications will open June 29th through Ju July 31st. So we, um, we want to make sure everybody understands about that. And also applications, those applications will be taken at our community centers. I want to thank everyone on June 11th who participated in our public assisted evacuation exercise. We know this year, on top of um, the, the very busy hurricane season that we're preparing, uh, it all becomes much more difficult with COVID in our community. So we want to thank. Um, there was over 15 departments and agencies who participated in this training exercise at the Ilario Center. We want to thank everyone and certainly our emergency um, department, our emergency management um, department for um, hosting that event. Um, we also began, and this was a project started from RPC from several years ago. We're glad to see it on Severn, an $11.6 million construction project um, that will be completed. It, it, it is uh, a new vision for Severn, so new roads, sidewalks, bike lanes. I know I was working on this project when I was the council district um, representative for District 5. I know Councilman Van Rankin's office has been working through that, and sometimes these really large projects just take absolute years to come to fruition. So we were glad that that, um, that certainly started, that work start started. Um, we have a Catterday adoption event on June 13th. So please um, make note of that. If anybody wants a new member of their family, a new cat, um, please check out the Jefferson Parish Animal Shelter website. And also just want to remind everyone on the August 15th ballot, we have the East Bank Consolidated Fire Department millage renewal, the solid waste collection millage renewal, as well as the East Jefferson General Hospital sale that we all have been working so, so much on, especially our, our council members, and um, the community center in Grand Isle Playdown District. That is upcoming elections. We will be pushing out meetings via Zoom with civic associations to get the word out about this upcoming election. And always a reminder to complete the census at 2020census.gov. I'm happy to say, um, you know, the, the, we're in line with the national self-response rate at 61.6%. We, we're, we're at a response rate of 61.9%, but certainly we need to get that number up. Even though we're doing well, um, better than the averages of the state, um, it is critically important that all of our citizens get counted. So we want to remind everyone, go ahead and do it now. Don't delay. Get that census done for us. Thank you.
And, and thank you, Madam President. Uh, I'd like to yield to Councilman Impostata for uh, personal privilege. Yeah, just uh, Parish President Lee Shank, thank you for the report, particularly on the on the sales tax figures. And as you know, I mean, we've been talking about that pretty much since day one. Um, and thank you on behalf of the, the Budget Impact Committee that Councilman Template and I um, share on behalf of the council for assigning the administrators that you've assigned to it, Steve Lachute, Tim Palmatier, um, Victor LaRocca, and others. Uh, through that analysis over the last six weeks, you know, we've gotten some of the information, much of the information that, that you provided, and I just think it's important for anyone who's following this to understand there's an impact now and how long that's projected. One of the things Mr. Palmentier and Mr. LaRocca did was cataloged every single revenue source that we have at the parish, and it's things that, that many people don't think about, fines, occupational licenses, all of these things uh, that have been impacted, and I think we talked in a, in a private meeting about this. Uh, for example, we got information that one of the municipalities on average writes 1,500 structure funds that each of the uh, seven council members um, administer and the facilities, Alario, LaSalle. I mean, I, I think so it's important, I think, for everyone to understand how much diligence and how much attention that your office and your administration is paying from day one to every one of those line items. Um, you know, and I think we haven't seen many other jurisdictions be this aggressive out front already making budget cuts to try and address the situation in advance. And I think that speaks volumes to the diligence and the attention that has been paid to this overall situation and circumstance. And so 19 million in one meeting in cost reductions without laying off a single person, I think is a, is a monumental task from my humble, in my humble opinion. And uh, unfortunately, though, we know there's more to come, you know, and and looking at 2021 and beyond, you know, there's projections that the hotel taxes may not return till 2023 to their prior numbers. I mean, so this is something that I hope the public understands is going to constrain and, and limit what what we're able to do in the long term. Our casino funding, I mean, Treasure Chest sent out a press release the other day that they're laying off 350 people at the Kenner site alone. So, I mean, that's these governments, our governments, the parish and the municipalities depend on those revenues. And so um, I just think everybody's got to keep a very, very mindful, judicious eye on everything. And so I just want to thank your administration and everything for being so diligent about it and paying so much attention. And every question, Councilman Template, I've asked within 24 hours, we get far more information than I think we are even capable of handling, particularly from Mr. LaRock and Mr. Palmentier. I mean, they just, um, it gives you confidence that uh, we're being led in the right direction and we have the right people to help the parish make it through this. So, And if I can comment on that, not just far more information, but accurate information. 
Okay. Well, I mean, you know, that's it's been it's been it's been a pleasure in that respect because uh, you know it's it's just not a, a guess. It's true figures that we can relate to. So, thank you, Councilman Impostata. Councilman Van Rankin. If I can add um, <clears throat> one small thing that we can all do. I was on a, a Zoom call yesterday with a um, a regional Republican women's group, and Congressman Scalise was the guest speaker. And one of the things we were talking about is is local government does run in large part on sales tax. So as we're starting to come out of this and moving around a little bit, one thing we can all do is to think about the things that you need. I needed a new pair of running shoes. I went to a local brick and mortar on Severn, Fleet Feed, a little local store, and bought those tennis shoes. It takes a little more effort sometimes to go to our local stores than to sit on your phone and order something, but being supportive of those small businesses at this moment really matters. So it's something that each and every one of us can do to be a little more mindful of shopping locally, supporting our local businesses, and then that in turn puts money into Jefferson Parish and our sales taxes and the things that let us serve the public. So again, just being mindful of that is, uh, is a small way we can all make a big difference. I do want to thank um, Parish President um, Lee Shang. You hit on the Severn project, which I know you you guided um, to ultimately uh, help us get to this point where we're making that Severn corridor improvement project come to fruition. It is a large drainage improvement project, and with the rainy weather that we've been seeing this week, we certainly know that installing new large drain lines on, on corridors like Severn okay. matter. Um, in addition to making other improvements. So thank you again for working to get that um, to this point with us. Also, I want to thank um, several of your directors. Again, we have such capable people in Jefferson Parish. So Mark Drews, Michelle Gonzalez, Mario, um, Leo uh, with Recreation. Again, we um, are doing some projects along the lakefront in, in Jefferson, um, Bucktown and Bonneville area. So we ask the question, as Severn, as the roadway, the concrete gets ripped up, can we take that, and instead of it going into the landfill or somewhere else, can we take that concrete and put it at, actually we're going to put it out at Bucktown, and reuse that concrete, put it to good use rather than seeing it go to waste. And so, again, we asked the question, and within about a week and a half, all of the questions had been answered so that we are now doing that. So again, thank you to your team of people who, at a moment's notice, always work with us to find a path forward to figure it out and to try to make something positive happen. So thank you. If I could, and, and to get back to, I um, want to thank the council for the task forces that have been set up. I think the discussions, um, people see you know, what you all do in front of the scenes but have no idea the thought processes behind the scenes, and I think the task force across the board to have so many task forces looking at so many issues is really going to help us get through this as best as we possibly can. So. Yeah, and, and I agree. I think Jefferson Parish has been moving forward in a united front across the board, and that's what's making us a success to moving forward. So thank you. I just want to also mention, don't forget whoever's watching out there, that don't forget we're in the middle of hurricane season. The parish has been preparing. Please prepare and, you know, have your plans in place. Uh, because it's predicted to be an active season. Uh, just these storms that came through today wasn't predicted. Uh, so let, let's make sure you're prepared at home and getting ready for hurricane season. I just want to make sure we recognize, I think we have a, a couple of guests. Uh, one is we have the school board 
President Tiffany Kewen, I think, is in the back. I want to recognize. Thanks for being here this morning with us. Uh, and very excited uh, and proud to be able to say this morning we have with us uh, U.S. Congressman Steve Scalise with us this morning. And uh, I will turn the mic over to um, C Councilman Walker for the introduction. I don't think he needs much of an introduction, but good morning, Congressman Scalise. Uh, thanks for being here this morning. We uh, were talking a couple of weeks ago about um, a train issue that hopefully we're going to get the federal government involved in. We'd love to see the Federal uh, Train Safety Act of 1970 revisited. But when we're in that conversation, I said, wouldn't it be great for you to come and visit the council? You just passed an anniversary you'd rather not um, look back at uh, in any positive way, but it's been three years since a tragedy on a baseball field in, in uh, Arlington. It could have been much, much worse. We're glad the good guys won that day, and we're very happy that you're here with us today. Obviously, you've been a great leader for our community for a number of years, going back to your time in the legislature, I guess even at Rummel. Right? <laughs> Rummel and LSU, we can, we can go uh, walk down memory lane. Dino and I will definitely uh, talk about the defending state champs, uh, the Rummel Raiders. Welcome this morning. I know you have a number of issues that you're going to brief us on. I thought with the, the national response to the coronavirus pandemic and, and any other issues you wanted to brief us on, we'd be happy to hear you this morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Councilman Walker, uh, all the council, and, of course, uh, Parish President Shang. Thank you for uh, what you do to help lead our parish through this challenging time. I know when uh, Scott Walker and I talked about uh, the train issue, we've, we've worked, I know, with a lot of the members. Jennifer and I were talking about this recently, too. Uh, but uh, there are a number of challenges that we're facing. It you know, started with a pandemic, and we've got uh, this, this shut-in where you've got economies completely shut down. Uh, we had worked really closely with businesses all around here, small businesses, our local restaurants, the, the places that you, you miss when you see a shut-in. You know, it's great to be spending time with family, but you want to be back out again. And, you know, I think all of us that had to homeschool during that period are glad that, that school is, is completed for this semester but want – kids to be able to go back to school in the fall. And, and I know we've been talking to a lot of businesses. Uh, the president asked me to be on the task force to reopen the economy. And so over these last few months, I've been having a lot of conversations with not only local businesses, but the heads of some of the, the major trade groups and heads of sports leagues. Talk to Roger Goodell, talk to Mark Emmert, the head of the NCAA about college sports in general. Uh, you talk to the heads of the National Restaurant Association or the Hotel Motel Association. Everybody's going through different challenges right now. And one of the things we did was putting together that Paycheck Protection Program. It has been a, a lifeline. Uh, in Louisiana, we've had over 69,000 businesses participate in the PPP. Average loans about $112,000, which means it's really affecting and helping those small businesses. And I've heard so, from so many of them who said they wouldn't have been able to make it without uh, being able to have that money come in, and it's a forgivable loan if you follow it. We just made the rules more flexible to give more flexibility to businesses to say you have 24 weeks instead of eight weeks. You can uh, spend up to 40% of it on rent and utilities. At least 60% has to be spent on payroll, keeping your workers on the employment rolls so they don't go on the unemployment rolls. And, and obviously with you know massive numbers, over 40 million unemployed, through this, we're finally starting to see people getting back to work as we're in phase two now in Louisiana. And I appreciate the leadership uh, that Cynthia and your team have done to help businesses get back open in a safe way. And, and look, there's no trade-off between safety and economic recovery. We need to do both, and we can do both, and I think we're showing how to do it. Uh, everybody's got their own protocols. When I fly back up to D.C. later 
today, you know, they require you to wear a mask on the airplanes, and you're seeing more people flying, which is a good thing. And you know, I think it shows that people can get out, uh, do the things that they need to do, go back to the stores they used to go to, uh, get retail back up and running. All of this is important for local government, of course. But from the federal level, there have been hundreds of billions spent on each of these programs, over two trillion in total, in the CARES Act, which has been really uh, important to helping our communities. And so, you know, when you look at where PPP is right now, we're going to be making sure that the rules continue to work for businesses as we get to the forgiveness part, where when that first payment's due, if you followed the rules, the whole loan's forgiven, and then hopefully those businesses can get back up and running, and uh, and can get through this next phase. Uh, when you look at our hospitals uh, in South Louisiana, the area I represent, I've worked with all of our local hospitals. Of course, Oshner is the largest hospital system in the state, the largest employer in the state. Uh, they've been very involved in a lot of different things, and I've worked with Warner Thomas, uh, linked him into uh, the federal uh, response team and working with uh, the vice president's team and HHS. Uh, Warner, as you saw, went to the White House and uh, worked with the president on a plan that uh, some of the big hospital systems across the country put together to share ventilators when that was a problem early off. And, and it's been good to get their input. And, and Warner's actually been in a lot of these meetings we've been in uh, as businesses are trying to figure out how to reopen safely to give good guidance, how to do it the right way. If you're a restaurant, you know, you, you sure you have to have the tables maybe 10 feet apart. But what are proper protocols for protecting the staff, uh, for making sure that uh, the workers are protected and the customers are protected and how to properly wipe things down. So, you know, people are, are paying more attention to all that. Then you shift over. And by the way, we've had over $160 million uh, come into our hospitals here in Jefferson Parish uh, with the different federal relief programs. So I've been working with our hospitals to make sure that what money is out there at the federal level, and again, it's hundreds of billions of dollars that our hospitals here in Jefferson Parish are getting the help they need. Oshner, uh, East Jefferson, and the other local providers here in Jefferson have gotten, I think, over 80, $185 million in various forms of federal relief in these past few months. Uh, now I want to talk about the, the railroad issue because this is something I know Scott and I talked about, uh, Senator Cameron Henry and I talked about. We started hearing from people in the community uh, along Metairie Road uh, starting in April. And for whatever reason, Union Pacific uh, Railroad made a decision to change the way that they transfer crews with Norfolk Southern. And they used to be doing it in an area that had no, uh, no crossings and was an industrial area, and they decided to move it over by Central Avenue in the Shrewsbury area where it's literally blocking three different major crossings that affect thousands of people. So uh, I know I've talked to members of the council, but I reached out to the vice presidents of both of the railroads and had a pretty candid conversation with them about the problems this is creating. Uh, I'm not trying to tell them what to do and how to resolve it. I'm just very strongly encouraging them to resolve the issue. In the meantime, I talked to the head of the Surface Transportation Board. And the chair of the Surface Transportation Board governs all of the railroads. And I walked her through this problem. She agrees that this shouldn't happen. And she has now gotten involved directly and has talked to the heads of both of the railroads just in the last few days and made it clear to them that this issue has to get resolved. There are other places they look at. They can go to the area they used to transfer. They can maybe cross the UEP long. Uh, we're not telling them how to do it. We're just telling them you've got to resolve this issue. You can't block major intersections in a heavily trafficked area when you're making your transfers. It can be over an hour long. And it's affected police. It's affected fire response. And we've gotten data from Sheriff Lapinto over to the head of the Service Transportation Board. And I want to thank her 
uh, Chair Begerman for getting directly involved in this with me as well. So we're going to keep pushing this, and we will let you know how it goes uh, and ultimately hopefully get a re resolution on this. Um, finally, I want to talk about something we're going to be taking up tomorrow in Congress, and that is police reform. You know, there's been a lot of debate about what to do uh, in response uh, to George Floyd's tragic death. And I think anybody that watched that video knows it should not have happened. He should not be dead today. And so the question is, what do we do about it? You know, do we, do we just yell and scream at each other and, and, and not resolve the issue like has happened so many other times? Or is this a moment where we can actually come together and figure this out? Uh, I've worked with a lot of colleagues uh, today, in fact, probably in the next hour on the Senate floor in Washington. Tim Scott, former House colleague of mine, uh, who's now a United States Senator, has a bill he's bringing forward. He's worked with a lot of people on this, uh, people, uh, community leaders, law enforcement, uh, other groups to figure out how do you address the root of the problem. And he's African-American and he's personally been racially profiled as a sitting United States Senator. So he knows firsthand that there are problems in training in some cases. Uh, there are bad apples. And we need to focus on rooting out bad apples, but we cannot let law enforcement be painted uh, as if they're all bad, because most of them, as we know, are by and large uh, people at risk their lives to keep our community safe. And I saw this firsthand, as Scott alluded to three years ago. I wouldn't be here today without the bravery and heroism of police officers who, in the worst danger you can imagine, went towards the danger. They went towards the shooter. Both of the officers that were with me that day were shot during the shootout and kept going after the shooter until they took him down, risking their lives for us. Saved over a dozen people on that ball field that day. And so I got to see what's best about law enforcement. And we see that every day. It doesn't get heralded. There aren't stories written most of the times. So they respond to a domestic dispute. If you want to call 911, you want to make sure somebody shows up and, and helps you and they don't know what's behind that door and yet they run towards the danger. And if somebody crosses the line, uh, they ought to be removed. In fact, the president just instituted a national database that had never existed before for bad cops. If a cop gets fired in one community, you don't want them going to another community, and that community not knowing that they were fired for being a bad cop. Uh, so now we'll at least have that in place. There are other things we're looking at in, in terms of better training in, in some areas. And look, look at New Orleans. We saw this after the Louisiana Pizza Kitchen murders. When Mark Morial was mayor of New Orleans, and I've talked to Mark Morial about this recently. He's now the head of the National Urban League. You know, Mark and I didn't agree on every issue when he was mayor, and I was a state representative. But he got this right in a, at a time when the NOPD was in a crisis mode. Uh, he redesigned how that force worked. He brought in Richard Pennington, a new leader to clean up the culture there. Uh, he changed and improved the standards for training. And you saw that department turn around. There are models for how to do this the right way where you don't paint every cop as a bad cop. You identify the bad cops, you get better training, and you remove the ones who cross the line. Qualified immunity, look, if a cop crosses the line, they don't get qualified immunity. But to say we're going to take that away from every police officer, and you know, if they're responding to a, a call and they're doing everything right, uh, their house shouldn't be at risk of being taken away uh, from a lawsuit. So we've got to make sure that we get this right where we don't target all the cops. We focus on better training and bad cops. And then let's celebrate the police officers who keep our community safe. Let's not undermine their ability not only to keep us safe, but they have a right to be able to go home and see their family at the end of the day as well. 
nobody should be targeted based on their race, uh, but police officers shouldn't be targeted either uh, when they risk their lives to save and keep our community safe. So it's going to be a challenge to work through this, but there are a lot of good people, smart people that are working together to try to get this resolved. This starts formally today in the Senate, tomorrow in the House, and hopefully we get to a bill that the President can sign that actually addresses the problem. And I hope that happens. It can happen in the next few weeks. So with that, um, I know you talked about hurricane protection, uh, Congressman Template. We are Councilman Template. We're working on renewal of the NFIP. Yeah, I don't want to do that to you. Um, <laughs> But the National Flood Insurance Program is really important to us. It's important to a lot of communities around the country. It's set to expire September 30th. I've been working with a coalition of members, Republican, Democrat, from all across the country uh, that we put together years ago to try to get a long-term deal. We want to get a five-year renewal. Uh, we're not there yet, uh, but I surely have been working to make sure that when September 30th comes, it doesn't expire. If we can't get a long-term agreement to at least renew it, prior to its expiration, and that's in the works right now, too. So we'll keep you posted on that. With that, if, if you all have any questions, I'll be happy to take any, but appreciate the opportunity. wrap up real quick on the um, – thank you again for being here, and thanks for your leadership on all these issues. On the train issue, just to wrap that up, um, for people who aren't familiar with it, you know, our parish ordinance is written beautifully when it comes to trains, and the state law is written beautifully when it comes to trains and what they can and cannot do, but we can't enforce a word of it because the federal law supersedes everything that you can do locally. The trains are uh, very well protected, and they pretty much have full autonomy through our parish. And this isn't about trying to get rid of trains or trying to stop them from what they want to do. It's about looking at things in a, a more sensible manner and making sure they're doing things the way that they were, which was pretty sensible, where they weren't blocking three major crossings. And then hopefully a formal request in front of you to revisit the uh, Train Safety Act of 1970 that is woefully outdated. If you want to do some light reading, it's, it's, it's wonderfully enlightening. Um, to just look at what it was then and what it is now when some of these train tracks went through neighborhoods that didn't exist before, and we've built up a lot since 1970. So I think it would, it would help on a federal level for real meaningful change to happen. I think that's the only way it'll happen. But on the federal level for this to one day be revisited so we can coexist with trains a little bit better. Because I think we've come to expect a certain amount of inconvenience with trains in our neighborhoods, but what's happened for the past three and a half months or so I think is above and beyond any reasonable expectation of inconvenience that we've come to get used to. Uh, so I just want to keep it on the front burner and hope that we can get some help up in D.C. at some point. Thank you. Absolutely. And I share your assessment, and it's surely been passed on, and the Surface Transportation Board does have uh, a direct involvement in being able to resolve these kind of disputes, and now the chair is directly involved as well at the, at the federal level. So we're going to work to get it, to get it resolved. Yes, go ahead, Yield. Hold on. I just wanted to add, because a lot of times we talk about the inconvenience of trains, but we have gotten used to that, and, and largely we can work with that. What bothers me, and we pass this along to your office, and thank you for being so responsive, we're actually worried about an imminent loss of life, because now that trains are stopping for 30 to 45 to 60 minutes, we have gotten reports of something as disturbing as um, parents handing a stroller and child through the stop train, but you don't know when that train is going to start moving. Um, kids who are out on bicycles worried about getting home um, because now they're, you know, mom expected them back home an hour ago, and they are handing their bicycles through the train. So, again, it really is not the inconvenience that, that worries me at this moment. 
it is the potential loss of life when some child, some parent, someone is trying to cross that track because they've been on the other side for an hour, and when the train starts moving, what tragedy will occur. So if you can please pass along that as our, our main worry at this moment um, to understand the urgency. Yes, Councilwoman Van Branger, we've passed that on, and, and there are examples, I mean, very specific examples like you talked about of people, literally kids that are going through and under the train. I mean, look, we saw this with Mardi Gras floats. I mean, it, there's a danger people going between two Mardi Gras floats, let alone a train. Uh, it is a serious risk of life. Uh, when, again, what we shared with the police department, uh, Sheriff Lapinto gave us some uh, data, and they're trying to gather more data to show just how many responses to calls have been uh, delayed dramatically because of this hour-long blocking that just started in April and needs to get resolved. And look, I don't want to make it sound like this is just an elementary issue either because we've heard complaints from across the community, the Little Farms area in, um, in Harahan River Ridge where there's long blockages there. And if it's happening here, we know it's happening in other communities across the country as well. So it's just something that is, is beyond just the stoppage and beyond cars piling up. Like Councilwoman Van Franken said, it's, it's safety. And I've witnessed kids crawling under train cars, and it's, it's inevitable that something bad will happen. Not a good situation. And, and if I can comment on that a, a little bit, because we, I, I've kind of lived it here, especially within the West Bank community in Jefferson Parish and Gretna here, where, where we have had where first responders couldn't respond because of the, the vehicles blocking traffic. We lost a home here some years back in Gretna because the fire trucks could not get to the facility because of the train was blocking them. So it is a safety issue on more than one level that, that, that really needs to try to be addressed across, not just here, like I said, across the country probably. But um, I, I'd just like to ask personally, and you and I chatted about this a while back. It's not a question, but I'd like to see if we could look into it, is, uh, is uh, our mitigation issues here with our wetlands uh, in Jefferson Parish, especially our coastal areas and our islands. If, if we can make sure we, we look at the, the, the Waters Act, uh, Grand Isle is our barrier island, and basically everything is becoming a mitigation, uh, and it's slowing down uh, rebuilding or slowing down building more marshland, not just for the not just for the locals or developers, just as the parish as well. Because every time we go to capture or rebuild a marshland area, we have to mitigate it. So, I, if, if there's a way we can get together and look at that to see if there's a long-term fix for that issue as well. And I've talked to the mayor as well. Obviously, right. it's a big problem. The burrito levy, and I never right. knew what a burrito levy was until. Right. I became a member of Congress, and uh, the mayor showed me uh, how effective it's been at, at protecting uh, some of the areas in Grand Isle that you know, coastal erosion's affected all of all of South Louisiana. And so it's been a top priority, especially on the revenue sharing side, as we look at drilling in the Gulf of Mexico. And the oil industry surely taking a downturn right now, but it's going to come back. And when it comes back, we want to make sure that the revenue sharing when there's drilling and there's billions of dollars of federal revenue that come with it, we finally, just in the last two years, started getting some of that revenue sharing. And it can amount to over $100 million a year, which is dedicated to coastal restoration. Uh, one of the things we're working on right now, and in fact, Cedric Richmond and I are working together uh, on a bill that just came over from the Senate that we're going to try to use to resolve a cap that exists right now, $500 million a year cap on revenue sharing for the Gulf states. And uh, that got put in the GOMESA bill years ago. We're trying to get that cap removed. Uh, Senator Cassie and I worked in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act two years ago to get it removed for two years. So this year and next year, there's no cap. Of course, with the price of oil around $39 a barrel, 
you don't get close to it. But if the price starts going back up again and you get to the mid-60s, that cap becomes a factor in holding back our ability to fully get the funds to restore our coast. So we're going to try to remove that in the legislation that's going to move through Congress in the next few weeks. And again, Cedric Richmond has taken the leadership on that with myself to, uh, to try to get that resolved as well. It's something that we can use more money to address our mitigation efforts and restore our coast, which ultimately would reduce our, our risk to flooding. It would reduce our national flood insurance program rates as well. You've always been a good friend of the coast, so thank you very much. I just need to restore it. Yes. Any, anyone else? Councilman Impostato. As everyone has said, thank you, Congressman, for being here. You mentioned the, the flood insurance, and in the past, over one of the first tasks I remember as a, as a local elected official was to fly up to D.C. And, and lobby, you know, some of your colleagues to make sure they understood the importance of the National Flood Insurance Program. And over years, it's been, as I understood it, pretty heavily under attack um, nationwide. We've had to fight, and you've had to fight tremendously to keep it in place. Do you feel like the current climate it is like it has been in prior years where there was a real, real danger of the, the flood insurance program being in jeopardy? Um, yeah, not, not as much as it was in the past. And look, when, when we were in the majority, one of my colleagues uh, from Texas, Republican member, uh, was trying to get rid of the program completely. And look, I'd love a situation where we had a private market for flood insurance. This isn't about should it be private or not. I think we all want private flood insurance opportunities out there where you can call and get a quote just like you can for your homeowner's insurance. Unfortunately, that doesn't exist right now. So the only game in town is a national flood insurance program. So we need to make sure it works well. Uh, and it, look, it needs to be reformed. There are definitely reforms that need to be made to the program, which I strongly support. Uh, but uh, this idea that it just should go away and nothing should be there for families who, by the way, by federal law in areas like ours, have to have flood insurance to get a mortgage. Uh, so the idea of just having it go away and having nothing there uh, would, would put people in a position where they'd be in violation of federal law. That would be foolish. Uh, so, you know, we had our own disagreement on that, but the new chair of the committee, Maxine Waters, and I actually get, get, agree very closely on this. I mean, it might be the only thing we agree on, but she and I have worked well together and put a national coalition together. Uh, I've put the Republicans together. She's put the Democrats together. It covers every geographic region of the country to renew the program. And in fact, a year and a half ago, we were able to pass a five-year renewal out of the House. It was complicated to do, but it was an interesting-looking coalition. But it shows you how you can get things done uh, where people that normally don't agree with each other on things can come together and, and work to protect their communities and reform the program in the process. And so there's a you know, model for how to do it. I sure hope we can get there again. And you know, the chair of the committee, Maxine Waters, wants to do that as do I, and hopefully we can, uh, we can try to get a long-term agreement. Right now we don't have one, but we're working towards it. And, and I bring it back up because, you know, there's the issues that are the hot-button issues and the major new issues that you have to deal with, but that's one of those that never goes away and is a constant fight for your office and, and our Louisiana delegation up there. And I just hope the community understands how hard of a fight that is and how, how critical that is for our economy to survive, you know. But thank you for all your work, and I'm sure we'll have success again in that arena and all these others. Yeah, we'll surely keep you posted on how it progresses. Thank you, Congress.
And once again, thanks so much for being here with us today. And we know you're very busy, and we're very honored to have you uh, in our chambers. Well, thank you, thank you, members of the council, for the work that you do. Uh, council, uh, President Shane, thank you for your leadership. Let's keep moving Jefferson forward. Good to be with you all. Thank you. Take care. All right, moving on, um, I, ha I think we have Mr. Clay Richardson, uh, the district manager for Waste Connection, to, uh, to give us a presentation. Uh, is he still with us? And I'm not sure if you have a video presentation or just you're just speaking to us. I'm just speaking to you of, about the issues that okay. – um, Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I interrupted you. The issues we've been having with um, – the slow lack of service in some areas. Um, I've been contacted by, you know, a lot of y'all and a lot of y'all's um, assistants about this, but our biggest issue right now is um, not lack of our employees, it's a lack of the staffed employees that we get from, you know, temporary companies and the guys that ride the back of the trucks. Um, the Right now, with the government paying out the unemployment amount of money that they're paying out, it's very, very difficult, not just us, with every solid waste company across the country, um, of getting, you know, helpers to help pick up trash. With uh, Since the pandemic and since the stay-at-home order, I think uh, I'm going by y'all's environmental department's numbers, it's been as much as 37% more trash put at the curb. If you... Think about that. That's just like having 37,000 more residents in your parish. That's a lot of people to um, pick up trash. We have we were pretty successful for the first probably month or so getting in. I mean, it was you, you do have some days when we had people that were out for um, COVID. Um, we had to quarantine people, you know, for, you know, a length of time also, and that included a lot of drivers. But... Um, We've had to shuffle around, pick up new drivers, and put into place um, other drivers on routes. So, I mean, naturally they don't know routes, so they're going to be running them slower. But that's been our biggest issue. Um, I'm here. I don't have a perfect plan to let you know. My perfect plan is to, when they quit paying unemployment, to um, millions of people out there to stay at home making as much or more than they do riding the back of the truck, I, I do think it'll um, get better. Okay, if, I guess um, what I'd like to say, because we do have a resolution, I think a lot of my colleagues would like to chime in. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, with this, we've had a lot of complaints and a lot of issues, uh, not just now, uh, but prior to the coronavirus or this pandemic. Uh, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. The, um, the issues were always large prior to this. Uh, this is nothing new to experiences to my district at the time when I was district man council one. Now I'm parish-wide uh, as a whole. Uh, and the problem is it seemed like it stemmed more on the west bank of Jefferson Parish than it did at the east bank. So, uh, and I think that is evident even now because if I had 10 phone calls to my office at large, Eight of them from West was West Bank complaints as a total. So there's there's a there's an issue here that concerns that some parts of the parish are being served or underserved, while other parts are are uh, still being served. Uh, 
and I know over the time when you say that this is, uh, I'm sure it's leading to some of the issues, but I'm going to just read off some figures of penalties that the parish has given you over the years or, or, or waste connections. Uh, in 2017, we had over $139,000 worth of penalties to your company for not picking up waste. Uh, in 2018, we had $177,000 in penalties that was not picked up uh, on a timely manner. And that's complaints that when we come to our office, when we call them in, you have 24 hours to pick them up or, or you get a penalty. So these were actually called in and created the penalty, and then, what, and then we had to enforce a penalty and fine. What were they was, last year? Last year? Uh, let's see. And this year? Well, this year is, 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 I couldn't tell you that this year. Last year it was down to 8,400. 8,400. 8,400. That's a substantial um, decrease in, in penalties. Um, I can go back to 2018 when there was a um, declaration put out by the governor for a freeze that, that this council that I approached um, multiple times and sent emails to asking for forgiveness for a lot of this bulky waste that we were picking up. We had the tonnages proved that it was exceeding amounts of tonnages picked up at these residents that I had no help from anybody on this council. Right. And that's fine. We, we paid for that. We paid our penalties. We paid our fines. Um, we've brought those fines down drastically. Um, I, I, I'm not here to – I was there at that time. when I walked into that office at that time when we had that um, issue. With, it was like a small tropical storm that came through. The same thing right now that's happened. We've taken those penalties down to bare nothing – um, sometimes zero a month, sometimes a thousand or whatever. But 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 that's what they're supposed to be. Okay. I, I mean, I, I, mean I, I agree. Understand that you've taken them to that level, but that's what they're supposed to be. We're supposed to have the service. We're not supposed to be having penalties for not picking up trash. Uh, I mean, I, I have right here a folder over this last month and a half of over a hundred complaints just to my office that I could present to you, and I'm sure I have other colleagues that want to chime in that have the same experience uh, and. I, I, look, I, I can be throwing out all kinds of excuses, what we need to do, what we should have done, but it needs to be addressed now uh, because people are fed up, people are tired. Uh, uh, I, 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 I've had a, a whole town of Lafitte, okay, was not picked up for a week and a half. I know that for a fact because I've been down there, and you, can, and you can shake your head all you want to no. know. Well, I've been down there, I looked at it, I put, I put my own eyes on it myself. Uh, I will tell you. I have a piece of property down there that has had a piece of bulky waste. This week will be a month that hasn't been touched. And that, that's 100% correct. I brought in some extra people this week for bulky waste. Um, we've been more concerned about picking up your solid waste, um, trash at people's curbs, than we have a limb that's sitting out there or a tree that somebody's put out to the curb because we've had 37% more garbage put to the curb. And, I mean, I know that's – I'm not here asking for forgiveness or um, trying to make excuses. I'm telling you the truth. And, I mean, sometimes the truth hurts some people. Um, I'm going to tell it to you, and I'm going to be transparent as I can be to every one of y'all. Right. Um, I don't think any one of y'all on this council has emailed me personally and said, what about so-and-so, so-and-so that I didn't have it tended to, because I have. And um, I'm just telling you, it's a lack of people right now. Some people don't want to understand it. Some people have political agendas behind this whole meeting. 
I know that. I don't care. That doesn't bother me. But um, I can write you a plan, and my plan's going to be when the unemployment um, gets back to where they're not handing out money to everybody, we'll have enough people, and we'll go back to the stages we were beforehand. You can go look at the parish's numbers. They, we go to a monthly meeting with the parish, environmental department. They issue us the fines. They issue us our misses. Our misses have steadily declined um, over the past year and a half. I mean, I know back in 1718, I don't even have anything to do with it. It was our garbage company then, too. But it's steady declined. It's gotten better. Um, we've been very transparent with them, open. If there's an issue, we try to um, take care of it immediately. So what, so what is the discrepancy between the East Bank and the West Bank? Okay. And I, wait, I live, in, I live in the city limits, my home. Uh, I, I might have missed one garbage pickup one day in all of this time. So they're getting picked up in a timely manner. On the East Bank? No, on the West, West Bank. Bank. Okay. City of Gretna. Okay. But I mean, but the East Bank is, 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 I know they have some complaints, but it's nowhere near what the West the, Bank has experienced. We have, the East Bank and West Bank is split up by two different supervisors, well, actually three different supervisors. But we have one contract. We don't have an East Bank contract. We don't have a West Bank contract. Well, you asked me the question. I'm trying I, to tell you. I, I know, but I'm trying to tell you that you can say it's split up by your company, but we don't have a split up contract for the East Bank or West Bank. We have one contract. Okay. okay. And I was trying to explain what happened here is, um, one of our supervisors that passed away that's been over the West Bank her entire life. Um, this past year, uh, well, she, she passed away right during COVID, but she was gone from us for a few weeks before that for cancer. Um, we've pulled her off because she was having treatment probably for the last year of that area, and we've put it into different people's hands to, you know, to work on. Um, she with her being out to start with we've rotated a bunch of different drivers and then most recently we've put a whole different staffing company that um work release people and we concentrated them into the the east bank areas because it was a little smaller and it wasn't as spread out as lafitte so we could keep this group of employees working you know close together where we could watch them and they could get picked up at the same time that's probably why the east bank has been able to finish routes and it's a little more tighter area than it is all the way to Lafitte and you know um, it's, it's, it's less square miles and it's easier for us to pick up it's easier for us to run and pick up a um, a block on the East Bank than it is stretched out on the West Bank I know that's not an excuse it's it's the truth what happened that's the reason the West Bank hasn't been being picked up I, I, I yield to Councilman Bonanno Mr. Richardson <clears throat> You know, you and I have had several discussions on this issue, mm -hmm. and, and I think you have to acknowledge that I contacted you back in February about coming to this council meeting long before the COVID crisis to discuss problems in my district with garbage collection. Do you recall that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in my line of thinking, this problem has existed long before COVID. And so I ask you, based on this resolution, say what concrete plans do you have to resolve this issue quickly? Because it's gotten to a point where Citizens of my district have losing faith in their government. The same citizens call me every week and say, Mr. Banano, you said last week you were going to resolve this issue. And yet again, my garbage wasn't picked up. I mean, what do you expect us to do? I mean, you, you're putting us in a position where we're going to have to take some critical actions when we won't have any choices in that matter. Um, do you, I'm just asking, do you think anybody else can operate any different in this 
Well, let me ask you this question. So have you contacted other garbage collection companies in this scenario to see if you can sub out some of this work to them? They don't have the temporary. Look, I, and, a, and if you're asking about. That's my question. Well, let, let, if you're asking about Romelli. I'm not. A, okay, well, let me company. just use Romelli. He's a subcontractor okay. of ours, and he's approved to come in here. We've had to go help him on the East Bank with boom trucks. So, I mean, I, we haven't contacted another garbage company in our area. That's the only one we have approved, and they are helping us um, on the East Bank in a certain section. Let's think outside the box for a minute. Okay. So your problem is labor. You're a huge company. I'm sure you got some sod-load automated trucks that only require a driver that at least you could empty the cans with. Why aren't we bringing in some additional equipment that requires less labor that operates more efficiently? Certainly you can't um, pick up bulky waste with that, but that's an out-of-the-box solution to, to address this problem during this labor crisis. We have. We've, we've brought some in. Well, I think We're you need to bring some more in. I mean, it's, we brought some in. We're running, I think, seven right now on the – and they're all on this side of the river. They're not on the east bank. Um, a lot of the areas that we can't run automated equipment in um, because of cars parked on the side and the truck's a little larger, you can't get up and down the, the streets in them anyway. Whose decision was it to reinitiate recycling? Whose decision was it to restart the recycling program? I, I, I don't think there was a decision. We, the parish was, um, I mean, wanted to, we were getting backlash from everybody about starting you, calls. Did you ask this council or this parish president to start no, recycling? Because I'd much rather have you picking garbage up than recycling. So I would encourage you, and I, I, obviously I'm only one vote, and the parish president has some say-so in this, to look at maybe suspending recycling again until you have enough manpower. To do this, I mean, I'd like y'all to discuss that, but I'd rather have the garbage picked up I just, than recycling. I mean, than having you know, I communicated with up. the environmental department about when was a good time to start it back up. I mean, we we um, we're getting plenty, plenty of calls about recycling, so that's. I mean, I'd have loved to keep it. I understand, but garbage not picking up the garbage is a public health issue. Mm -hmm. Recycling is pretty much innocuous for the most part. It's not as much a threat to public health as is garbage. So certainly if you could use that workforce to address our garbage first and then maybe talk about recycling, and I'll leave that to my colleagues to discuss that. And my last point to you is one of my greatest fears is as a former emergency manager, you guys, we have a major storm coming, and you guys aren't able to get the garbage up. We're going to have a serious problem with debris blowing around, not only hitting people's houses and cars, but blocking up our drains. So be prepared for a hurricane because we're going to need you guys to get out there and get everything up. With that, I'll yield the floor to someone else. Okay. And, and thank you, Councilman. I, I just want to ask Professor before I move on to uh, Councilman Byron Lee. What is your title with Waste Connections? I'm the district manager of the, this Jefferson Parish area. Okay. And so you're, you're, you're the man for this area? For Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I yield now to Councilman Byron Lee. Yes, thank you. Is the mic on? Yes. You got it pressed on. Have you been to, uh, as, as the regional manager or district manager, have you been to Woodmere yourself personally? Yes. I wish it's it's convenient to say that the problems that you all are having is due to COVID-19 because I totally disagree with that. Uh, you may be having problems as a result of it. Uh, you may be having um, uh, issues with 
personnel and so on and so forth. But last year, when many of us were campaigning, I represent both the West Bank and the East Bank. And this year, Woodmere has inundated us with phone calls of no trash pickup. This is last year, and this is this year. So to suggest that your biggest challenge is coming only because of COVID-19 and also because, you, you know, unfortunately you lost uh, one of your West Bank people doesn't fly with me. I can't tell you how, how uh, disappointed I am in the job that you all have been doing. And I'm not just talking about now. I'm, I'm, I'm a citizen of the parish. My trash gets picked up. And at one time, it, everything was like clockwork. In 2019, it was not, and it's gotten worse now. And so it is, um, we certainly have a resolution, and I believe that uh, we all stand behind the necessity to get things done so whereas we can make sure that the people who are paying the bills, and that's our residences, that they get what they're being paid, that, that what they're paying for. They're paying for garbage pickup, and they're not getting it, not on a consistent basis. I know some places where trash hasn't been picked up in two weeks. And so, yes, you're having manpower issues. But the reality is is that that's not a political issue because I heard you mention something about politics. Trash not being picked up is not a political issue. You're not here over politics. The people of Jefferson Parish who pay for garbage pickup deserve to have the garbage picked up. And so I just wanted to make sure that you understood, just coming from, from my end, okay, this is not about anything other than getting garbage picked up. And it's important for that to occur on a scheduled basis. Now, whatever you all have to do in terms of hiring new employees, better employees, or whatever, whatever you all have to do that because the public deserves to get his trash picked up when they expect it to be picked up. Thank you. Thank you, Councilman. I yield now to Councilman Impostato. Thank you, Councilman Templin. <clears throat> I represent District 4 uh, in the parish. I'll be the first one to say you have not heard a word from me <laughs> or my office with complaints. Um, but the reason for that, the fact that explains that, unfortunately, belies the premise upon which your response is based. Um, and w what is difficult to accept, and I'm, I'm here, you know, listening along with my colleagues trying to determine what the problem is, which is well documented, as Councilman Template showed. I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it doesn't take uh, a whole lot of research to figure out there's a substantial problem um, with the services being provided by your company to uh, other areas of the parish outside of District 4 at a minimum. Um, but unfortunately, th there are certain premises upon which your response is based that are problematic from a, a pure logic and, under and comprehension standpoint of mine. Um, one of which is, the, the main one is, and your response was, well, our solution or our plan will be just to eliminate the unemployment uh, subsidies that are being given. The challenge with that is that 
that would force us to accept that there is some sort of universal employment problem that's been created by the unemployment, which I do tend to agree is probably happening in many industries. But with yours, the challenge is you said it's a nationwide problem. As I stated, I represent District 4, 62% of which is in the city of Kenner. Most important in our discussion, 62% of which has their garbage collection by, well, I would say another vendor, but it's actually been two different uh, contractors over the course of the last few months for reasons that can be found in other Feynman Roberts articles in The Advocate. But um, I digress. But neither of those two contractors appear to have experienced this universal staffing problem. We haven't had, I can speak, the city of Kenner has not had any under either contractor a problem of no pickup. Hasn't happened. Has not happened. Um, I can speak for other municipalities because I've done some investigation. I know Councilman Bonanno has as well because he represents that jurisdiction as well. They have not suffered this same issue. So it appears that while it is a universal nationwide problem, it's a universal nationwide problem. If I accept that premise, it only applies to, the, to your company, though. That, that's, that's difficult to accept from my vantage point if I'm going to accept that plan as the manner in which it would be rectified. Um, I find that, that a bit challenging. Um, and as far as the increased load, again, as Councilman Lee and Councilman Bonanno have said, um, the issues clearly predated COVID. So that, that's just difficult to accept. And the reason I say that is I, I'm going to assume, I don't want to speak for my colleagues, but I'm going to assume that the end result of the resolution that is on the table is for a plan to be provided to rectify the problem, which will then give me as a voting member of this body, a benchmark by which to evaluate the performance of waste connections and its ability to comply with the contract under which it is obligated. So I might suggest to you that uh, relying on unemployment just to end um, might not be the action plan that is going to ultimately lead you to be in compliance with the contract. That's just a friendly suggestion. Um, so I can tell you from to the extent that I have one-seventh of a vote up here, what I'm going to be looking for is some sort of a, a meaningful suggestion as to how we're going to make sure. And listen, my view on garbage is pretty simple. It gets put on the street. It should not exist the next day. I mean, it's really that simple. And I think our public's demands are pretty basic in that regard. Get it off my corner. This is not... You know, this is not reinventing the wheel uh, from the public standpoint. So that needs to happen. How you get there is going to be up to you. But I think I think the severity of this, um, I just hope, is not understated that when we cannot provide those basic services to our constituents, uh, they are rightfully disturbed and upset and want to know why am I paying taxes. So uh, I hope you understand this is not just a dog and pony show. This is not just, I mean, look, like I said, I don't have a complaint within district four that I know of, but I can't, I have an obligation to make sure we're looking at the best interest of the parish as a whole. And for all I know, at some point, the 30, uh, the 38% that is outside of Kenner might then be next and affected. So, uh, we have to say safeguard the public dollars in that respect that I yield the floor. Uh, thank you. Councilman Bastada. Uh, I yield to, uh, Councilman Walker. Thank you, Mr. Richardson. Thanks for being here today. I can only speak for what I've seen since January 8th when I took office. And on my end, I've gotten a lot 
you know I've, I've probably sent you 50 emails since January. And to your credit, they've all been addressed immediately. I mean, everything has happened very quickly, and you've been very, very responsive. But on the flip side, we've had to send you at least 50, and it's come from Lafitte, like Councilman uh, Template mentioned, and from other areas of the West Bank, as Councilman Lee mentioned, um, and some from the East Bank as well. And I don't have the breakdown of all of them and where they came from, but I also have my own pile of uh, email complaints right here. So while you've been responsive, the number of complaints are a bit troubling, and you've given your reasons. So I just look forward to this being resolved in the coming months so we don't have to revisit it, hopefully. Thank you, Councilman Walker. Councilwoman Van Rankin. Thank you. I did want to um, highlight, uh, very similar to, to Councilman Walker, um, when we have passed along something, it does quickly get resolved. One thing I didn't want to fail to mention that we're seeing, and it really affects our um, most vulnerable constituents, the side door service. Um, those garbage cans of our elderly citizens that have the big sticker on them. Um, I don't know what kind of turnover you may be having, but we've noticed um, that that service has become problematic. So if you could, in whatever action plan you formulate, please focus on some sort of training so that uh, the employees running those routes look for the stickers, um, know that they're supposed to bring those garbage cans to the street and return them because really our older citizens can't manage the tipper carts. Um, so that's one if you could put some emphasis on. Um, and then we have seen consistency. Um, if, if our routes have not been completed on the day um, that they are normally supposed to be. I do see the trucks out there the next morning. It seems like you're able, at least in the Metairie area, to finish, finish the route that was incomplete on the day following. So again, that should give you some, some numbers, some guidance on, on how the shortfall is occurring and maybe what more manpower you need on the street to be able to complete that route in the day um, that our residents expect. So uh, again, we have seen the, the complaint volume uh, go up. I do understand some of the reasons that you're talking about. If we can be a resource um, to give you the data from our, our District 5 office to focus on the problems that we've seen, uh, we look forward to working with you on a solution. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Councilman Van Rankin. And I do have to comment, too, with, with the garbage areas are sitting longer than a week, because I, I have seen them myself, there are becoming some health issues in rodents. And I, I think Councilman uh, Byron Lee has spoke about this yesterday, where rodents are starting to uh, go into the trash and come, come out of the woods because they have a food product there. Uh, and I yield to Councilman Lee again. Uh, yes, my, my question is, is because, you know, I, I, I'm a lifelong West Banker and I'm very familiar with all the areas and I ride around and I, and I, I look at certain things and I look at areas uh, that where trash, it seems to be getting picked up and then there are other areas where it's not. I want to understand uh, from a logistical standpoint, how do you guys make your decision on what areas are going to be picked up or not? Because, for example, when you're missing days and you're missing weeks, you have, it seems to me, unless someone is calling you about this issue, you guys ignore it. And so I want to understand that when you get complaints and, and sometimes what my office does, they'll call your, your, your employees directly. They don't go through environmental. And sometimes we get uh, better results because environmental is inundated with calls from all from not only the citizens, but also many of the council offices, council offices. So my question to you is. What's the rhyme and reason? How do you do it? How do you decide where you're going to go and pick up when you haven't picked them up? Because it seems to be 
you're cherry picking different neighborhoods to me. Okay. We're not, and we're not cherry picking any neighborhoods. If say if a driver or, um, we st- you start out on a Monday. Let's start out on a Monday. We pick up the trash. If we're, Monday's our biggest day, Tuesdays, and it started tapers off the end of the week. If you have anything carried over from Monday, we go back mo- Tuesday morning first thing with multiple drivers. If it's like two or three, just to hurry up and get it off the ground, and then they go back and start on their routes. Well, during and this is just during COVID. I'm going to speak on this. I mean, not from before, but. If a driver is out for some reason, we'll split that route up with several of the other drivers. Um, and it'll be maybe a driver on that route was out is the reason that one area got missed. We don't just decide what area we're going to leave because the driver that's familiar with the route is going to run that same route every week. So if driver A routes down, they all go to help driver A. But, I mean, it's not – we don't cherry pick them or pick which ones we're going to leave down or what areas we're going to leave down. Um, the other thing with a lot of the backdoor services to answer you, Ms. Van Rankin, is we have through COVID and with working people, these we work in seven days a week. We're running people Saturdays, Sundays, every day of the week, and we have been for months now. And um, when we're short on um, helpers during the week, we'll split that route up with just a single man truck, and there's no way humanly possible they can pick all that up by themselves. But some of those aren't familiar with the uh, handicap stops or the you know the stickered stops and the backdoor service. And we've we've given them route sheets to make them more alert to say, look, you need to call this into your dispatcher, and the dispatchers are calling to say, hey, if you're getting close to this. And the other ones about some areas, and I'm not disagreeing or saying any of y'all are lying to me. I, I'm not. I'm not calling you that. There's areas that we have been told have been left down for weeks, and. Either our truck rides up down the street and everybody sits in it for hours because we go back and GPS it, and the truck has been down every single street and stops at every single house. So it might have been picked up the day late, but it's not been missed for weeks. There might be a stop or two somewhere that I'm not – there There could be. And um, I'd like to know about it so I can follow up on it myself. But, um, you know, we haven't missed weeks of, of areas of trash. Now, bulky waste – I can agree with you, Mr. Lee. We have. We've left some bulky waste down, some limb piles, debris. We have. And um, it's just because we're trying to concentrate on the solid waste because of the you know, health issue. Okay. Any other questions for Mr. Richardson? Thank you. Yes, Judge. Mr. Richardson, look, I, my colleagues have pretty much covered the waterfront here, but I want to assure you that we have had an outlandish number of complaints from District 1, and if you're saying that they haven't missed garbage pickups in, in the Lafitte area, I can promise you they have for at least a week and a half, and if your GPS equipment is showing that that's not right, you, you need to check it, because I'm sure that is. And you also made a comment about politics playing a part. I'm not sure I understand what you meant by that. I'm not going to sit up here and discuss it. <clears throat> Fine. Thank you. Mr. Richardson, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I actually, I, I see Mayor Timmy Kerner sitting in the back. I don't know if you'd like to address the council, Mr. Mayor Kerner. Thank you, Councilman. Uh, first off, I just want to thank the council. I know Ricky Templet uh, came drive down to Lafitte and saw firsthand that we did, in fact, have a, over a week 
of trash not picked up. And it's really unfortunate for him to come here and say that that it, trash hadn't picked, been picked up for uh, – or he's picked up trash cons consistently and hadn't been over a week. My area, it's been over a week and a half. And uh, you saw it firsthand, Council, Councilman Edwards uh, – I sent pictures to you and the parish president and Councilman Scott Walker. And it's, it's very unfortunate. And the timing's concerning. I mean, right now, it's uh, with COVID and the storm season, it puts my residents at home. And, uh, you know, it's a basic necessity. And if he did claim it was politics, if, if looking out for your residents is politics, it's the best kind. So I commend all of you for, for bringing them here and uh, trying to hold that company accountable. And I, I just think timing is of the essence with the COVID crisis and uh, with the storm season. So, you know, I understand we want to give him an opportunity to, to fix the problems, but right here, he's uh, just, he's not acknowledging them. He's not, he's not acknowledging that they exist, which is troubling to me, because I can tell you, and Jean Lafitte, it, it went over a week and a half. And Crown Point, I, I see, you know, on social media, we're all on there. Uh, week after week after week, their trash is not getting picked up. Some some people who consistently went two weeks without trash getting picked up, they call me, and sometimes I get my workers to go pick it up. So it, it has been a long-term problem. And, uh, you know, it just, it's increased with COVID issue, and I understand the unemployment. But when you get a contract, especially of this magnitude, your duty is to perform that contract, and if you can't, then we ought to get somebody that, that will, especially during this time. And so uh, I just want to thank you all so much for, for trying to resolve the situation for, for not only my residents, but wouldn't be a residents in all of the West Bank. And uh, I can't thank you enough. All right. Thank you, Mayor. Appreciate it. Uh, okay. Uh, we, we have uh, – is there any objections to bringing item number 52 and suspending the rules uh, up now? Hearing none so ordered, uh, we're now uh, going to hear item number 52 on the agenda. Madam Clerk, could you please read item number 52? A resolution directing Waste Connections to develop a written action plan to resolve the current garbage collection problems in unincorporated Jefferson Parish and the town of Jean Lafitte. Any objections or any discussion? Any objection to adoption of resolution on motion by Bonanno, second by template? Hearing none so ordered. Councilman Bonanno? Can I suggest we do a joint motion? I'm sorry, let's make that a, uh, if you want to read it as a joint motion. Okay. Yes, sir, I've got it noted as a joint motion by all council. All right, thank you very much. Uh, and, and I don't know if we could add this and, or at, at this time anywhere, um, Madam President. M maybe we need to look at somehow of, of I don't know if there's any been any notice has ever been given or looked at of a breach of contract uh, that we could start looking at just in, uh, because I, I know we need to have a record of things uh, just in case. Mr. Chairman, yes, we did have some things to understand the the, the detail of the contract. I will note, and I just had here. Um, fine so far for um, uh, for this year for the for the month of March, April, and May are at thirteen thousand six hundred now. So um, Ms. Costanza just gave that to us. So that's where the fines okay. are now. Um, I just want to make sure this doesn't become political and it's correct. All right, thank you. All right, all right. Moving on. Um, 
we have about 15 minutes before executive session. Uh, we're going to go ahead and hear, uh, move on to the section of uh, per persons wishing to appear before the council uh, on agenda uh, items or on addendum agenda items. Uh, uh, you will have to make sure uh, you fill out a card that you would like to speak and give it to the clerk. Uh, and you will have three minutes on the items regarding the addendum agenda and the uh, resolutions. Madam Clerk. I have a card from Mr. Al Morella. Okay, Mr. Mr. Al. Al Morella, 4260 East Loyola Drive, 5th District, Kenner, 4th District, Unincorporated, Jefferson, 48 years. Uh, resolution number 79 and 100. 79 is an increase for fencing uh, for parade season, and I think y'all got a little misprint there. That's got to be the 2021 season, not the 2020. Uh, an increase from $11,589 to $63,839. I'd like to get an explanation on that why the big increase, and let's go to 100 now. I support administrative oversight over this debacle they call the Jefferson Housing Authority. and But I'll tell you what I also support. I'd like to see a resolution come from this council to launch an investigation in the HUD. I've been calling for this investigation now for several years. People in Marrero should not be forced to live in substandard housing. Where is the oversight of HUD? On, on this Jefferson Parish Housing Authority. These people shouldn't be subject to that, to live like that. Where is the inspection from the Jefferson Parish Housing Authority? Why are these slum landlords or, or, or people are turning their head and looking the other way and forcing these people to live under those conditions? Something needs to be done, and it needs to be done immediately. This has been going on too long, man. And HUD... Is the, I said it before, and I'm going to keep, continue to say it. HUD is the source of the problems with every one of these housing authority agencies in this area. I want to get a resolution to get a state investigation from the Attorney General's office as they fall under uh, state and federal law, and Peter Strasser, the U.S. Attorney's office, to investigate them as well. I'd like to see a resolution come from this council uh, requiring that to happen. Okay. Anybody got any comments, any questions? I'm not sure the administration had a comment on the one item about the barricade. 79, yeah. I want to know why the big increase for the fence. contract that we uh, it started on June 13 2018 and we processed the invoice on uh, June 20th of 2018 the contract was supposed to be for two years the carnival season of 19 and 20 so we're paying 18 19 and 20 on this contract that's why we have a little shortage okay all right thank you very much Mr. Al. Thank you. all right thank you mr. Al anyone else uh, note, Madam Clerk, please note no one else has stepped to the mic to speak on comments. Uh, this is going to bring us to ordinances to be deferred. 
I have a notation to defer item number one. Any objection to deferral no, summary number 25468 on motion by Walker, second by template. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number two to be deferred. Any objections to deferral of summary item number, I'm sorry. I need the date that it's being deferred to. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I have notated July 22nd. July 22nd, because I don't have it, okay? July 22nd. And that will be in Grand Isle. Yes, sir. Correct, okay. All right, item number two to be deferred. Uh, any objections to deferral? Item number 25489 to July 22nd. July 22nd, 2020, by Councilman Walker, second by template. Hearing none, so ordered. I move now to professional services. Um, Madam Clerk, would you please read item number three? A resolution selecting persons or firms interested and qualified to provide landscape architectural services on an as-needed basis for projects located throughout the parish. Mr. Walker? All qualified firms. Any objection to the selection of all qualified firms on motion by Councilman Walker, second by template? Hearing none, so ordered. Adam, Madam Clerk, item number four. A resolution selecting from persons or firms interested and qualified to provide professional electrical engineering services for a two-year period for work associated with miscellaneous street lighting projects and other electrical-related work on an as-needed basis for the Department of Public Works for projects in Jefferson Parish with maximum allowable fees of $300,000 per year. Councilman Walker? All qualified firms. Any objection to the selection of all qualified firms by Councilman Walker, second by Councilman Template. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number five. A resolution selecting a firm and or person to provide for accounting management and related consulting services for the Parish of Jefferson Department of Community Development under RFP number 410. Councilman Walker. That is loyal consulting. Any objections to the selection of loyal consulting on motion by Councilman Walker, second by Councilman Template, hearing none so ordered. Item number six. A resolution selecting a firm and or person for real estate appraisal services for the parish attorney's office and various other parish departments on an as-needed basis. Councilman Walker. All qualified firms. Any objection to selection of all qualified firms on motion by Councilman Walker, second by Councilman Template. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, item number seven. A resolution selecting a firm and or person for real estate abstracting services for the parish attorney's office, the Department of Code Enforcement, and various other parish departments on an as-needed basis. Councilman Walker. All qualified firms. All right. Any objection to selection of all qualified firms on motion by Councilman Walker, second by Councilman Template, hearing none so ordered. Madam Clerk, number eight, please. A resolution selecting an engineering firm from interested and qualified firms to provide professional services related to the design of rehabilitation of lift station at Nursery in Poplar and Metairie Court in Poplar, Council District 5. Councilwoman Van Vranken. I'm sorry. Okay. 
There we go. Um, I'm going to select ECM, which is the highest-ranked firm, and we do want to thank Lake Pontchartrain Basin Restoration Program for the grant money that helps make this possible. All right. On motion by Councilwoman uh, Van Ranken, any objection to selecting ECM on motion by Councilwoman Van Ranken, second by Councilman Template. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, we're at executive session. I guess we're, we're close enough to noon. Yes. Let's go ahead and call on an executive session. Please read uh, item number nine. A resolution authorizing the council to go into executive session to discuss legal matters concerning the lawsuit entitled Dolores Levitt versus Parish of Jefferson, Kenneth Paul Burst, 24th JDC number 769-941 Division K. Any objection or the adoption of resolution or motion by Walker or second by Template? Hearing none, so ordered. Number 10, Madam Clerk. A resolution authorizing the council to go into executive session to discuss legal matters concerning the lawsuit entitled Ace A. Man versus Louisiana I Gaming, a Louisiana partnership in Mendham doing business as Boomtown Casino of New Orleans and Jefferson Parish Department of Water, 24th JDC, number 778-509, Division N. Any objection of adoption of resolution or motion by Walker, second by template, hearing none so ordered. Madam Clerk, item number 11. A resolution authorizing the council to go into executive session is authorized by Louisiana Revised Statute 46, colon 1073B to discuss and or develop marketing strategies and strategic plans for Jefferson Parish Hospital and Health Services District Number 2. Any objection to the adoption of resolution on motion by Councilwoman Van Ranken? Second. We can cancel that item today. Oh, we can cancel? I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, we have a motion to cancel. Any objection uh, to cancel? Resolution number 11, what I would state, uh, on motion by Councilwoman Van Vranken, second by template, hearing none so ordered. We are now sitting at uh, executive session.
We're now, we now reconvening at the executive session. Madam Clerk, I think we have a couple resolutions from executive session. Are you on? You are on. Okay. A resolution authorizing a settlement in the lawsuit entitled Dolores Levitt versus Parish of Jefferson, Kenneth Paul Burst, 24th JDC, number 769941, Division K. I have a motion by Councilman Walker to accept resolution. Uh, Hearing no object, second by template. Hearing no objection, so ordered. A resolution authorizing a settlement in the lawsuit entitled Ace A. Mann versus Louisiana I. General A. Louisiana Partnership in Commendum doing business as Boomtown Casino of New Orleans and Jefferson Parish Department of Water, 24th JDC, number 778-509, Division N. I have a motion by Councilman Walker to accept such a resolution. Second by template. Any objection? Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, I think that brings us to item number 12. Yes, sir. Please read. Summary number 25448. <clears throat> and we can waive the reading. Yes, sir. Um, 25448, resub of lot 39B, Ida, Plantation Subdivision, WS 191-19PF, Council District 1. All right, Madam Clerk, we're now opening the public hearing on summary item number 25448. If there's anyone wishing to speak in favor, please come forward. If there's anyone wishing to fear, uh, speak and oppose, please come forward. Madam Clerk, please note that no one has appeared. Uh, Councilman Edwards, your motion? All right, Councilman Edwards moves for denial. Any objections to denial of summary number 25448 or motion by Edwards, second by template? Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, uh, item number 13 is, is to be deferred. I have a note? Yes, sir. Okay. Any objections to the deferral of item, I mean, this first summary number 25462 to August 5th, 2020? On motion by Councilwoman Van Rankin, second by Councilman Template. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, item number 14, and we can waive the reading. A summary <clears throat> number 25478, resub of parcel B, Pelican's Landing Subdivision, WS4520, Council District 1. All right, we are now uh, opening the public meeting on summary number 25478. Uh, anyone wishing to speak in favor, please come forward. Anyone wishing to speak in opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, please note no one has come forward. Uh, Councilman Edwards? Uh, any objections to the adoption of summary number 25478 on motion by Councilman Edwards, second by Councilman Template? Hearing none, so ordered. Uh, Madam Clerk, item number 15. <clears throat> Summary number 25479, resub of lot EQ, proposed lot EQ2, parcel A1A1, 
one and parcel A one A one two Ludger Forche Plantation Subdivision ES forty three twenty Council District two. All right, Madam Clerk, we're now opening the public hearing on summary item number two five four seven nine. Anyone wishing to speak in favor, please come forward. Anyone wishing to speak in opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, please note no one has appeared. Councilman Bonanno. Move for approval. Uh, any objection to the adoption of summary number 25479 on motion by Councilman Bonanno, second by Councilman Template. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, some, uh, item number 16, and we can waive the reading. Summary number 25480, <coughs> sub of lot 17A, Forest Acres Estates Subdivision, WS5220, Council District 3. Uh, we're now opening the public hearing on summary item number 25480. Uh, anyone wishing to speak in favor, please come forward. Anyone wishing to speak in opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, please note no one has appeared. Councilman Lee. Move. Motion to move forward. Uh, any objection to the adoption of summary number 25480 on motion by Councilman Lee, second by Councilman Template. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, item number 17, and we can waive the reading on this as well. Summary number 25480, <coughs> resub of parcel P. Destrahan Division, Subdivision, WS 112-19-PF, Council District 3. Uh, we're now opening the public hearing on summary number 25481. Anyone wishing to appear and speak in favor, please come forward. Anyone wishing to speak in opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, please note that no one has come forward. Councilman Lee. Move. Um, move forward by Councilman Lee. Any objection on adoption of summary number 25481 on motion by Councilman Lee, second by Councilman Template. Hearing none, so ordered. <coughs> Item number 18, Madam Clerk. I have a note. With amendments. Uh, let's see. Item 18. I'm sorry. Um, I have a notation to defer to 826. No, I think, oh, you want to defer that one still, Councilman Lee? Yeah. I'm sorry, the Councilman Edwards. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. All right, item to be deferred uh, by Councilman Edwards. Any objection to deferral item number 25453 to August 26, 2020, a motion by Edwards, second by Template. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 19. I have a notation where to defer. Okay, any objection to deferral summary number 25454? to August 5th, 2020, on motion by Bonanno, second by template. Mr. Chairman, if you would, I would move it to the Grand Isle meeting, July 22nd. Okay, you want me to correct that? Okay. So any objection to deferring item number 25454 to July 22nd, 2020, on motion by Bonanno, second by template, hearing none so ordered. <clears throat> item number 20. And this is another item to be deferred. Yes, sir. Okay. Any objection of deferral of item number 25465 to August 5th, 2020, on motion by Councilwoman Van Vranken, 
Second by Councilman Template. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, item number 21. Summary number 25483, <clears throat> approving CPZ 4819, requested variances to the area regulations and the parking requirements for a new mixed-use development located at 5117 Airline Drive on Lot A, Square 2E, Bridgedale Subdivision, Council District 2. We're now opening a public hearing on summary item number 25483. Anyone wishing to speak in favor, please come forward. Please state your name for the record. Timothy S. Madden on behalf of the applicant, property owner, investment holdings. I want to personally thank the members of the in particular Councilman Dino Bonanno for his office's assistance in the multiple iterations of the I also want to thank the planning department in particular, <coughs> Juliet and Jay, who have worked diligently with the members, the owners, to put this property back into commerce. As the council recognized and Parish President Cynthia Lee Shang recognized, it is absolutely vital at this time when developers are coming forward with projects that they be reward not necessarily rewarded but encouraged to go forward with their property development to improve and increase property values which will increase the tax base while at the same time putting individuals to work on these various projects so i would ask that the council approve this particular thing and thank councilman uh Min banano in particular so thank you all i would also ask that any conditions that may have been placed <clears throat> by the PAB last night be waived. Thank you. Okay. Uh, anyone else in favor? Anyone would like to speak in opposition? Councilman Bonanno? Move for approval. Move for approval by Councilman Bonanno. Any objection to the adoption of summary number 25483? On motion by Banano, second by Template. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 22. Summary number 2548. And you can waive the reading as in this as well. Yes, sir. Approving TS 119, <coughs> special permitted use for a truck stop in the M3 Industrial District located at 3559 Peters Road on lot P1, Destrahan Division, Subdivision, Council District 3. We're now open to public hearing on summary item number 25485. Uh, anyone would like to speak in favor, please come forward. Uh, anyone would like to speak in opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, please note no one has come forward. Councilman? Move. Uh, Move by Councilman Lee. Any objections to adoption of summary number 25485 on motion by Councilman Lee? Second by Councilman Template. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 23, Madam Clerk. Um, it's an ordinance submitted under docket number SP620 approving requested variances to landscaping standards and parking regulations of the C1 CPZ overlay zone for a laundromat and food service establishment <coughs> located at 11329 Jefferson Highway. Uh, there is an amendment to go. And there is an amendment, and the amendment um, re 
revises the name of the company which prepared the reference drawings, and that is Mr. Ray Gumpert Landscape Architect, LLC. All right, is there any objections uh, from the amendment to item number 25466 being brought from the floor? Okay, hearing none. So ordered. Any objection to the adoption of the amendment or summary number 25466 on motion by Lee? Move. Move. And second by template. Hearing son, no order. We are now in a public hearing uh, of uh, item number 25466 with amendments. If anyone would like to speak in favor, please come forward. Please state your name for the record, sir. <clears throat> Douglas Brown, Jr. Destrahan, I live in Destrahan, Louisiana, 206 Panther Run. Um, I am the owner of this property, and I would appreciate the council uh, approving this request. Uh, we have, uh, uh, I had to get some new drawings for the landscape, and uh, I also have a generator, and um, it's a much needed tool for the business which is a laundromat. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Anyone else is, would like to speak in favor? And anyone would like to speak in opposition? Councilman Lee? You know, I'd like to say that, first of all, <coughs> in that particular area on Jefferson Highway, they hadn't, over the years there hadn't been um, many new developments. And uh, Doug Brown here, uh, when I was on the council before, brought, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Doug, uh, uh, Dollar General, a family, family, Dollar General to the area. And, uh, and he's looking to bring a franchise type location to this area as well. So I commend you for what you've done and the taxes that you've brought uh, to our parish. And so I, I, we've been able to work through some of the issues that, uh, uh, that uh, had been disclosed before, but I move for approval. All right, on motion by Councilman Lee for approval. Uh, any objection uh, to accepting item number 25466 as amended? On motion by Lee, second by template. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, item number 24, and we can waive the reading on this as well. Summary number 25482, approving SP520 for variances to the area landscape and buffer regulations for multi-tenant building located at 2754 Manhattan Boulevard on lot 17A, square 173, South New Orleans Subdivision, Council District 1. All right, we're now opening the public hearing on summary item number 25482. If anyone would like to speak in favor, please come forward. If anyone would like to speak in opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, please note no one has come forward. Councilman Edwards? Uh, any objection to the adoption of summary item number 25482? A motion by Councilman Edwards, uh, second by Councilman Template. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number two, ma'am. I mean, 25, ma'am. 
Summary number 25484, approving SP 1620 for variances to the area and sign regulations of the H2, M1, and C2 for Oxner North and South campuses located on Tract OH, part of Lot 8 and 9, Labar Plantation Subdivision, and the Oxner South Campus on two undesignated lots, upper half of Lot 8 and Lot 9, Labar Plantation Subdivision and Lot 1, Square 1, Ludger, Forche Subdivision, Council District 2. We're now opening a public hearing on summary number 25484. If anyone would like to speak in opposite, I mean in favor, please come forward. If anyone would like to speak in opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, please note no one has come forward. Um, uh, Council? Move for approval. Uh, Councilman Bonanno moves for approval. Any objection or adoption summary item number 25484? A motion by Councilman Bonanno, second by Councilman Template. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, item number 26. Summary number 25486. Declaring the old Wagaman Water Booster Station at 6750 River Road no longer needed for a public purpose and authorizing the advertisement for the revocation and sale of this property, Council District 3. Uh, we're now opening the public hearing on summary item number 25486. If anyone would like to speak in favor, please come forward. Excuse me, um, Mr. Chairman, we have a note. I have a notation here that we to cancel this per the um, parish attorney who's handling that. I have no notation, but is is that correct? Yes. Okay, oh, then I have a motion to cancel. Any objection to cancellation of summary number summary number two five four eight six on motion by Lee. Move. Uh, a second by template. Hearing none, so ordered. Okay, um, Madam Clerk, uh, other ordinances? Item number 27. Summary number 25487, adding demolition, repair, and replacement charges for sidewalks under Section 29-142 at SEC of the Code to the annual ad valorem tax bills of the premises or properties involved as authorized by Section 29-142 through 29-152 of the Jefferson Parish Code of Ordinances. Okay, we're now opening a public hearing on summary item number 25487. If anyone would like to speak in favor, please come forward. Uh, if anyone would like to speak in opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, please note that no one has come forward. Councilman Walker? Move to approve. Uh, any objection to the adoption of summary number 25? 487 on motion by Councilman Walker, second by Councilman Template. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, item number 28. Summary number 25488, authorizing the grant of a right to use the public rights of way in an unincorporated Jefferson Parish to hunt telecommunications LLC to construct, maintain, and operate a wireline telecommunications network system within the public rights of way of unincorporated areas of the parish of Jefferson pursuant to Chapter 35.5 of the Code of Jefferson Parish. All right, we're now opening the public hearing 
on summary item number 25488. If there's anyone would like to speak in favor, please come forward. If there's anyone would like to speak in opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, please note that no one has appeared. Uh, Councilman Walker. Move to approve. Uh, Councilman Walker moves for approval. Any objection or adoption of summary number 25488 on motion by Councilman Walker, second by Councilman Template. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, uh, that brings us to number 29, and there is amendment, if I'm correct. Yes, sir. An ordinance amending the 2020 operating budget of Jefferson Parish, and the <clears throat> amendment is amending... The proposed amendment would allocate $65,000 from funds that were previously allocated and no longer needed for the golf driving range project to the Recreation Department to fund East and West Bank summer camp programs at the request of Council District 3. Okay, is there any objection to the amendment being brought from the floor? Hearing none so ordered. Uh, any objection to the adoption? of the summaries as amended on motion by Walker, second by template. Hearing on so ordered. We're now opening the public hearing on summary item number 25490 as amended. Uh, if anyone would like to please speak in favor, please come forward. If anybody would like to speak in opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, please note no one has appeared. Councilman Walker. Move to approve. Any objection to the adoption of summary number 25490 as amended on motion by Councilman Walker, second by Councilman Template. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, that brings us to 30. Summary number 25491. With amendments, I'm sorry. Yes. Yes, sir. An ordinance amending the 2020 capital budget of Jefferson Parish. <clears throat> And the amendment, again, is the proposed amendment would allocate $65,000 from funds that were previously allocated and no longer needed for the golf driving range project to the Recreation Department to fund East and West Bank summer camp programs at the request of Council District 3. Any objections to the amendment being brought from the floor? Hearing none so ordered. Any objections to the adoption of the summary as amended on motion by Walker? Second by template. Hearing none, so ordered. Uh, we're now opening the public hearing on summary item number 25491 as amended. Anyone wishing to speak in favor, please come forward. Anyone wishing to speak in opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, please note that no one has appeared. Uh, Councilman Walker? Move to approve. Any objection to the adoption of summary number 25491? as amended on motion by Councilman Walker, second by template. Hearing none, so ordered. That brings us to resolutions from the floor. Yes, sir. Madam Clerk, could you call a roll? Okay. Councilman Walker wants to hold his um, floor resolution until we do the consent. Yes, or... Yes, sir. We can't take it out of order here. And um, we can tie it in with the amendment yes, number sir. 39. We'd have to take item number 39 from the consent agenda and handle it out of order right now and then do Councilman Walker's um, floor resolution. Okay, the floor uh, resolution ties into 
Okay, any objection to uh, suspending the rules and removing item number 39 uh, to now? Hearing none, so ordered. Uh, Councilman Walker, I mean, I'm sorry, Madam Clerk. A resolution accepting the lowest responsible bid of Beep Smart Communications Incorporated, proposal number 50-129606 for a one-year contract for supply of toner as needed for all Jefferson Parish departments, agencies, and municipalities at the bid tabulation price of $191,320.30 with maximum expenditures for this contract shall not exceed and the amendment to item number 39 will be it from $750,000 to $300,000. Okay, any objection on the adoption of item number 39, resolution, motion by Walker, second by Template. Hearing none so ordered. Okay. And um, it was amended, so we'll need... Um, a second resolution to accept it as amended. Okay. Uh, is there any op uh, opposition to adopting such resolution 39 as amended, moved by Councilman Walker, second by template? Hearing none, so ordered. All right. And now his floor resolution. Let's see what I do with it. I just had. What did I do with it? It's lost. Yeah. Uh, I, I got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. A resolution directing the finance department to provide a cost report for toner and printers for fiscal years 2018, 19, and 2020, directing Electronic Information Systems Department, EIS, to develop an administrative policy regarding personal printers, develop a plan to reduce the amount of toner used in Jefferson Parish. All right, any objection by any council members to this resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing none, so ordered. We're now opening the public. something on it real quick? Yeah, we're going to open a public hearing. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. We're opening a public hearing and quest uh, allowed comments from, on such resolution brought from the floor. Councilman Walker. The reason we were doing this when we looked at this initially, the $750,000 number, jumped out as very high for toner and it turned out that was written erroneously as a two-year number instead of a one-year number so that's why the um, resolution was amended to 300,000 instead of 750,000 that being said we had put the wheels in motion to um, look at the way our parish spends money on toner it may sound like a small issue but it's one of the issues one of the things that I wanted to look at when we came in here and talked about that during the campaign just looking at little things we can do in the parish to spend money in a more efficient and wiser way and this is one of the things that we can look at. We're not getting rid of toner. We're not trying to eliminate people printing what they need to print. But uh, that resolution spells out working with uh, Jeb Tate and his department to take a look at all of our printers and all the toner that we buy in the parish and make sure we're using it in the most efficient way and not overbuying. I know when I got into my office, we had six printers in our office and a closet full of toner that had Elton Legas written on it on the boxes. So they've been sitting there a long time and there were no checks on that toner or records of where that toner came from or, or who bought it or why it was there. So we just want to make it a better system and look at our uh, expenditures a little more carefully. And uh, Jeb seems to believe that we can save half the money we're spending on toner based on what we're going to implement. So we'll report back when that happens. Ms. Eula, you can still print things. 
Yeah, thanks. You can still print a lot of things. Just Thanks. All right, we now have the public hearing uh, for this resolution open. If anyone would like to have a comment on such resolution, please come now to the mic. Madam Clerk, please note that no one has appeared. Uh, any objection to the adoption of, of the resolution on motion by Walker, second by template? Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk. Would it be Impostata next? Councilman Impostata. Councilwoman Van Franken. Councilman Edwards. Councilman Bonanno. Councilman Lee. I have none. Councilman Template. Do I have any? Yes, sir. You have one. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay. A resolution expressing the full support of Jefferson Parish for the United States. Coast Guard and commending the United States Coast Guard and its contractor, Cuvion Group, for their successful efforts to safely capture oil from the Taylor Energy Wells and to support the United States Coast Guard and the Bureau of Safety and Environmental Enforcement in their efforts to ensure a final plug and abandon solution in this disaster. Any objection uh, by any council members this resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing none, so ordered. Uh, we're now opening the public hearing on such a resolution. If anyone would like to speak or comment on the resolution, please come to the mic. Madam Clerk, please note no one has appeared. Uh, any objection to the adoption of such resolution on motion by template, second by Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. And I've completed the roll. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, we are now at Consent Agenda 1. Uh, that will bring us 32 through 49, I mean, 49, excluding 39, which has already been uh, handled and passed. Uh, any objection to the adoption of Consent Agenda Item Number 32 through 49, excluding 39, which has, has been he heard already, on motion by Walker, second by template. Hearing none, so ordered. That brings us to item number 51, if I'm correct. Okay. Item number Sorry. 50, we um, decided that item number 50 would, wouldn't have, we had other plans for it. We need to go to 50. Okay, item number 50, okay. A resolution authorizing the renaming of the jury assembly room of the 24th Judicial District Court in Gretna, Louisiana, to the to Judge Henry Garland Sullivan, Jr., jury assembly room in honor of the Judge Sullivan's outstanding service and contributions to the citizens of Jefferson Parish Council District 1. Judge? Move for approval. Is there any, uh, okay? Is there any objection to accept such resolution uh, on motion by Councilman Edwards, second by Councilman Templin? Hearing none, so ordered. And, and Judge, that just plays into the the proclamation in the family that we did earlier uh, in the beginning of the council meeting, and 
And thanks, thank you once again for uh, acknowledging such a, a great man uh, and an honorable man in our community. I appreciate everybody's support. All right, Madam Clerk, uh, are we addressing 51 now? Yes, sir. Okay. And it does have an amendment. Okay. Um, a resolution creating the West Bank Port Development Task Force for the purpose of developing a unified strategy <coughs> to market and develop the new host terminals and the surrounding properties and to add uh, Jefferson Parish Planning Department as one of the task force. All right. Uh, any objection to the amendment being brought from the floor? Hearing none so ordered. Uh, any objection to the adoption of the resolution as amended by Councilman Bonanno? If I could, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to sure. actually suspend the rules for a minute and invite Mr. Joe Toomey, former Representative Joe Toomey, who is a Jefferson Parish member on the Port Commission, to say a few comments. I, I think he wanted to speak on this matter. Please do. Representative Toomey. Uh, well, I just, uh, just simply want to acknowledge uh, the Councilman's efforts in this regard. Um, and I think his efforts uh, to relate to the port and the riverfront, but even beyond that uh, into the land area, immediately in that, in that area. And hopefully with the coalition that he has uh, that makes up this task force, there'll be an opportunity to uh, at least uh, that undeveloped property that's there to at least put it in a posture that it would be more attractive for development uh, and we would have a, a history of uh, 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 whether it has to do with zoning or drainage or transportation, um, that we can put that together and make the, tract, uh, the properties more attractive for economic development and that developers that might come in, uh, we would be a step ahead of the game and not have to start from ground zero with somebody coming in. And hopefully uh, it can prevent present good opportunities for development, not only in that immediate area, but to affect the port in general and the parish in general. Thank you, Mr. So I commend you for the effort and look forward to working with you. And thank you, Mr. Joe. And Joe, if you've got to take a minute, uh, how many years did you serve us in the legislative body? 24. 24 years. Well, I want to say, you, you know, you're always a scholar, you still are, and uh, I had the pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, to... Uh, run for his seat after him uh, and uh, serve four years in your, your seat. But thank you for all your service to the to our community. Yeah. Next time I would ask that Dino uh, tells me in advance that I'll be asked up. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Uh, any Once again, any objection to adoption of resolution as amended by Councilman Bonino, Bonanno, second by Councilman Template, hearing none, so ordered. All right. Um, item number 52 was already uh, brought up and heard. Uh, so now we're to our second consent agenda. Is, and this is going to be a little interesting to read off. We have item number 53 through 110 minus item number 61, 80, and 106, uh, which will be canceled. Uh, and items 89, 90, 94, 95 and 99 will be amended. So any objections to the adoption of items number 53 to 110 minus 61, 80, and 106, which will be canceled, 
and items number 89, 90, 94, 95, and 99, which has amendments on motion by Walker, second by template. Hearing none so ordered. So this would bring us to item number 89, correct, Madam Clerk, now? Yes, sir. Okay. A resolution amending the agreement between the Parish of Jefferson and Louisiana Green Corps to extend the term of the agreement for one year at no cost to the parish through June 30, 2021. And the amendment is to add that one year by vote of the Workforce Development Board. Any objections to the amendment being brought from the floor? Hearing none so ordered. Any objections to the adoption of the resolution as amended? Uh, on motion by Walker, second by template. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk. Item number 90, a resolution amending the agreement between the Parish of Jefferson and Operation Spark to extend the term of the agreement for one year at no cost to the parish through June 30, 2021. And the amendment is the same, adding one year by vote of the Workforce Development Board. Any objections to the amendment being brought from the floor? Hearing none so ordered. Any objection to the adoption of the resolution as amended on motion by Walker, second by template? Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, next item. This is item number 94, a resolution amending the agreement between the Parish of Jefferson and Delgado Community College to extend the term of the agreement for one year at no cost to the parish through June 30, 2021. And again, it's to add the one year by vote of the Workforce Development Board. Any objection to the amendment being brought from the floor? Hearing none, so ordered. Any objection to the adoption of the resolution as amended on motion by Walker, second by template? Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk. And item number 95, a resolution amending the agreement between the Parish of Jefferson and Delgado Community College to extend the term of the agreement for one year at no cost to the parish through June 30, 2021. And again, the amendment is to add one year by vote of the Workforce Development Board. Any objection to the amendment being brought from the floor? Hearing none so ordered. Any objection to the adoption of the resolution as amended on motion by Walker, second by template? Hearing none so ordered. I think that brings you to 99. Yes, sir. Uh, a resolution extending the cooperative endeavor agreement with Louisiana Fire Soccer Club, which provides for use of LaSalle Park to conduct a soccer program for a five-month period through December 31, 2020. And uh, the amendment is to the CEA, and the amendments are as follows. Section 3, organizations shall pay $3,334 for the five-month extension. The organization shall also pay $250 as a special event fee per tournament and or special event held by organization on Saturdays and Sundays. Additionally, organizations shall provide parish with seven days' notice if it will not be using the field or fields that it has reserved should organization not give notice and use the field and not use the field or fields it shall 
pay the parish an amount equal to the cost of a field rental, $150 per field. This shall not be applicable if the non-use is due to weather or closure of the fields by the parish. Any objection to the amendment being brought from the floor? Hearing none, so ordered. Any objection to the adoption of the resolution as amended on motion by Walker, second by template? Hearing none, so ordered. Okay. Madam Clerk, I think this brings us now to the addendum agenda. Yes, sir. Okay. Professional services. Uh, could you please read item number one? A resolution selecting a firm to, to perform a study of the Harvey area with particular focus on providing a housing and neighborhood assessment, economic analysis, and community revitalization strategies. Council District 3. Uh, Councilman Lee, you have a selection? All right. Uh, any objection to the selection of David H. Cole and Villa Lasso? Uh, uh, you have HDCA LLC as a joint venture on motion by Lee, second by template. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, item number two. A resolution ratifying the Legal Services Evaluation Committee recommendation that all qualified individuals and or firms interested in providing legal services for the parish be selected in the fields in which they submitted. Councilman Van, Mike, Van Rankin. Sorry, I was dealing with a message about a tree limb. It's item number two on addendum agenda. move for uh, uh, approval of the um, all of the qualified individuals that have been added to the list of legal services okay any objections to selection of all qualified on motion by councilwoman van Franken second by councilman Edwards hearing none so ordered madam clerk item number three a resolution selecting Affirmed to provide court reporting services on an as-needed basis for the Parish of Jefferson, including but not limited to all parish departments, boards, and commissions. Councilwoman Van Rankin. On item three. Yes, ma'am. Selecting Curran and Landrew to provide right. those court reporting services. Okay. I'll move for approval. Any objection to the selection of Curran and Landrew on motion by Councilwoman Van Rankin, second by Councilman Impostado. Hearing none, so ordered. All right, I have a notation at uh, addendum, addendum agenda items number one through, I mean, four through 18 can be adopted in Globo. Any objection to the adoption of addendum agenda items four through 18 on motion by Walker? Council, second by template. Hearing none, so ordered. I think now that brings us to special districts. Yes, sir. Yeah, Jefferson Parish Special Districts. Madam Clerk, item number 112. 
a resolution ordering and calling a special election to be held in Plantation Estates Subdivision Special District, Parish of Jefferson, State of Louisiana, the district, for authority to levy and collect an annual security enhancement tax for the purpose of purchasing, acquiring, constructing and improving or leasing, maintaining and operating machinery and equipment and other facilities to be used and paying other expenses incurred and or contracting for services to be rendered in connection with providing security enhancement services for the district and further authorizing the submission of an application to the Louisiana State Bond Commission and other governmental agencies in connection with the proposed election. Council District 3. Uh, any objection to the adoption of resolution or motion by Councilman Lee, second by Councilman Template? Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, I have a notation. 113 has an amendment. Is that correct or I don't? I... If it doesn't, it's fine. I just have it. No, it doesn't. It has it... an amendment. Huh? We do have an amendment. Yeah, you do have an amendment, yes. Why don't you pass on that until we get the find out what amendment is. Okay. The amendment is simply to change the term of the contract from a one-year contract with a two-year extension to a one-year contract with a one-year extension. Do you, is that suffice as? Okay. Or do you have it? It's a, I'm sorry, Councilman. Um, it's from, I had a new version that was sent to us. Yes, that. And I thought that that was sufficient. I didn't know we had to do an amendment. I wasn't. Okay. Um, all right. I just need a motion to accept it as amended. Okay. Uh, uh, any objection to adoption of the resolution as amended on, on motion by, it says Walker, second by template. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, I have a notation 114 is to be deferred. Yes, sir. Um, and um, on item 113, we need a motion to adopt as amended. I thought that's what I said. Okay, let's do it again. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, any objection to adopting item number 113 as amended uh, on motion by Walker, second by template? Hearing none, so ordered. 114 is to be deferred? Yes, sir, to 722. Okay. Any objection to deferring resolution um, uh, 114 on motion by Walker, second by template? Hearing none, so ordered. Uh, we have any new business? None. Status reports? None. Uh, we're now at the public appearance portion of our council meetings. Uh, all persons wishing to, to speak, please make sure you're registered uh, a, a comment card with the clerk, uh, Madam Clerk, uh, as well as you will have two minutes to address the council. Uh, Ms. Kiana Calloway. How's it going, everybody? Uh, good morning, um, council member. Good morning. Uh, my name is Kiana Callow. Good afternoon. But... Well, sorry, good afternoon. We've been in here all day. It's an honor to spend my morning with you guys uh, to try to figure out how can we go move forward with our um, parish. Uh, well, I'm standing here right now as a formerly incarcerated advocate. 
Uh, I've spent 17 years in prison for a crime in Jefferson Parish that I did not commit, uh, but currently still on parole for that crime. Um, and right now, today, formerly incarcerated people, people that's on pro currently on probation and on parole, uh, face tremendous obstacles on their path to reentry. Uh, among these obstacles is the inability to secure stable housing. Across the nation, the cities or leading cities have started to adopt ordinances to prohibit discrimination against housing applicants based on their criminal backgrounds. Social science research even shows that recidivism decreases when the formerly incarcerated able to find housing and employment. Jefferson Parish should follow the leads of Seattle and Washington by banning the box on all rental housing applications. City, um, Jefferson Parish criminal background screenings are being used as a proxy of discrimination. These policies de desperately impact the African-American communities, also a population that's burdened, in, that's burdened and disproportionate interactions with the criminal justice system. Yet, many released from incarceration is just a cycle of instability. For an example, I've been home. You have 20 seconds. Okay. What I'm asking is that we can, if, if Jefferson Parish can actually add strengthen to their discriminatory practices, to their policies, which is Section 12.6, um, asking that we are not allowed to um, resource to uh, use background checks to discriminate against people that's asking for, uh, for, that's actually in the process of trying to find housing. Myself. Uh, for four, five years, I've been trying to find a place to stay. I've lost numerous amount of application fees, background fees, and I'm not getting that money back. And when it comes down to am I a subjective um, citizen, am I an upstanding citizen, yes, I am. I've been working since my first week home release from prison. And, and we've had this conversation up, maybe sir. about two years ago, Mr. Temple. Well, yeah, your time is up, sir. <laughs> Sorry. It seems, like, it seems like when it comes to to these type of situations, it's always a time frame on it. But how can we put a time frame on people's lives? That's where I'm standing at right now. Right, right now, we are, dealing, we are dealing with almost 1,600 people that will be released from the Department of Corrections each month. And they come home and can't find housing. They can't find employment. I have to let the next speakers come on up, so thank you very much. I'd be willing to meet with you um, at my office so that we can discuss these issues and uh, uh, understand things uh, much better so that uh, if change can be made, we'd like to be on the forefront of it, okay? And you can count me in with you, Byron. Okay. Councilman, if you can share that information with us all. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right, Madam Clerk. Nancy Pearson and Good morning, Nancy Pearson, eighty nine twenty four Rensu Drive in River Ridge. I'll just take one second to thank Councilman Bonanno and Councilman Lee. Uh, we met last Wednesday night at that meeting, and the gentleman's concerns are all of our concerns. And so uh, I want to commend you all, the administration and the council, for moving forward with the Housing Authority. 
Thank you very much. I'm here today, I live in the 8900 block of Rensu Drive. I've passed out pictures. We have been dealing with a house at 8937 um, for years now. It was sold for taxes at an auction in May of 17. In May of 17, the person that bought it was out of a uh, Nebraska firm. They sold it when they realized the condition of it and they didn't want any part of it. Five of 17, uh, Adair Group got it. They sold it to Fusion, another holding company. Uh, February of 18, we have lived with what you see in those pictures since pretty much the third month of 2018. The code enforcement has gotten nine complaints. Now those pictures are as of this morning, except for the flooded street. Um, they come out, they do nothing. It took us almost a year to get rid of one of the dumpsters that was crossing. You have 30 seconds. Yes, sir. So there's 18 houses on the, on the street. I have a signed affidavit from all homeowners on that block for y'all to do something. I mean, we're living with this. The grass, the weeds are up to my shoulders, as you can see. The debris, the dumpster, the house should be condemned. And all we get, code enforcement came out, met with me three weeks ago, said he was going to have the grass cut. This is as of this morning. You see the grass? The weeds are up to my elbow, up, up to my shoulders. And I apologize, but with two minutes, it's almost impossible to, to give you the facts of what's going on. Thank you. So I have affidavit from every homeowner on that block saying and asking for the parish to do something. We've been through code. I've been through my council office. I've been through the administration. We still don't have anything. Thank you. Before you go to Ms. Pearson, Ms. Uh, Jarrett, if I could. Yes. Madam President, um, this is a common problem we see where someone kind of skirts their way around the system by continually renewing their building permit. So all they have to do is they get a building permit and they, and they don't do the work on the house or they're delayed in doing the work on the house rather than having to do the right thing. They just come in and renew their building permit, which kind of relieves them of having to cut the grass and secure the house, remove the dumpster for one thing. The dumpster's been there forever. So maybe I would ask the parish attorney if she could look at a revision to our current parish ordinances that would allow us to address this situation, that you can't renew your building permit if the house is not being maintained properly, the grass isn't being cut, the work has not progressed beyond a certain point. Maybe we set some benchmarks. They have 180 days from each time that somebody inspects. They always use outside inspectors. They come to the house once every three or four months, work for two or three hours, and then leave again for two or three more months. When the permit gets closed, they do something, and then they got another 180 days to do something. We've sold two houses in that block since January and both of those houses have made the improvements to the outside because people died, younger people are moving in. This is a dump. Right. I mean, you can see that from the pictures, and we shouldn't have to look at that every single day when we turn on our little street. Okay. Thank Do you. We have Ms. Topple here. Ms. Topple is here. Can we ask her to address the grass situation? Uh, thank you. Uh, Catherine Toppel, Director of Property Maintenance and Zoning for Jefferson Parish. Uh, during this COVID period of time, 
our office was not issuing violations, so we have a lot of tall grass out there. Uh, June 11th is when we started issuing violations. So we, we do have a large backup with the contractor. He's getting inundated, and he's actually hired more crew to come in and to assist to get the uh, grass cut. Uh, I know Ms. Vallow just walked in regarding the permit, but that will be getting done. It's just that we were on hold to issue violations until June 11th. Just as long as the, as the neighborhood knows that we are addressing the situation and it will be cut in the near future. It, it'll be cut. Uh, I, don't, I don't have specifics on it in front of me, um, but I can certainly get that to you. But uh, if we were out there three weeks ago, it should be cut any time. Our contractor has to, once we send it to the contractor, they have seven, um, excuse me, seven business days to make the cut. Um, now, with the rain that came in this past couple of days, that's going to slow them down. But other than that, then they have to get it done within seven days after we send it to them. We have to give them 10 days' notice. After that, then it goes to the contract. Thank you. Ms. Um, Vallow did walk in. Ms. Vallow, um, I know we talked about it. You may not have been in a room. But we know this is a situation where this contract or building owner continues to renew his permit so he doesn't have to remove the dumpster and other issues. I don't believe he's, re he's renewing it. Okay. I believe it's been open for, say, about 18 months. I believe, and, and again, I, I want to say this is the Rensu property. I was I, no, not, I know you weren't in not present yeah. during this, what, what right. just transpired, but I presume it's the Rensu property. Yes, so um, they have a permit, they've had an active permit, and they had an inspection, I want to say, two to three weeks ago. So as long as they've got an active permit, there's, you know, I, I, we monitor that and we have to push it along. But um, as long as they continue to, to, to do call for inspections and do work, we have to allow them to complete it. Well, I've asked the parish attorney to work with you guys to look at this process mm -hmm. and perhaps put some benchmarks in place. We actually are in the process. We've completely revised Chapter 8, which I'll be submitting to all of y'all for review, where we address this situation in it. So we're working on it. We just have to get it to you guys for your review. And if you have any questions, it was also approved by the Home Builders Association, worked with them in conjunction with it. So we are trying to clear all of that out in Chapter 8. And, and would that new language enable us to address, for instance, this dumpster that's been sitting there for over a year? Um, possibly, I'd have to go back through it. It's more on the time delays and uh, making sure you're moving and calling for inspections, but we can certainly can review it again. Appreciate it. Thank you. Any other questions? Thank you. Madam Clerk. We have, um, we're at the ordinances for introduction. Oh, I'm no, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Got one more. Uh, Mr. Al Morella. She, she tried, Al. Okay. Uh, that's, a, that, that's a big laugh. Uh, Al Morella, 4260 East Loyola Drive, 5th District, Kenner, 4th District, Unincorporated, Jefferson, 48 years. Campaign contributions from the last meeting, $177,256. Top five benefactors, Councilman Byron Lee, Councilman Dino Bonanno, Parish President Lee Shang, uh, Councilman Ricky Templet. And Councilwoman Jennifer Van Rankin. Uh, COVID-19 cases as of yesterday, uh, 604,443 tests conducted, 50,239 positive cases, negative cases 554,174. And I'm going to announce those cases at every meeting. Now, uh, the hospital, 
I'm opposed to the sale of that hospital at this podium and at the ballot box, and I'm going to tell you why. Until the people are held accountable that ran that hospital in the ground, I will not support it. Now, in closing, I want to direct this to Councilman Bonanno. You was quoted in the advocate last week as saying that you submitted an application for the, uh, for the restaurant program to feed the senior citizens in this parish, and that you were denied by the state, but the city of New Orleans was approved by the state for the same application. You said you didn't know why. Well, I'm going to give you the answer why. The mayor of New Orleans and the governor of Louisiana parrot one another 24-7. And Todd Murphy with the Jefferson Chamber of Commerce questioned the mayor of New Orleans about her decision-making that financially impacts the surrounding parishes, mainly Jefferson Parish. And he got criticized for it. I agree with Todd Murphy. He had every right to question why the surrounding parishes are excluded from decisions that are being made that impact the surrounding parishes financially. That's the answer to your question, Councilman Bonanno. Anybody got any comments, any questions? Thank you. Thank you. All right, Madam Clerk. Uh, that, that concludes our public address portion. Uh, we have uh, ordinance to be for in introduction. I think you have a couple from the floor, though. Yes, sir. Okay. And, um, an ordinance amending Chapter 22, Division 3, sale of food, food product, beverages, and to provide for related matters. That is the uh, first one? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, is there any objection of, uh, of summary being brought from the floor? Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk. And an ordinance naming the service road located within Bucktown Harbor Park and Marina from its intersection with Metairie Hammond Highway to its intersections with Bucktown Harbor Park, Bucktown Harbor Marina, and U.S. Coast Guard Station New Orleans in Metairie, Louisiana as Bucktown Harbor, Metairie, Louisiana, and otherwise providing with respect thereto. Is there any objection to the summary being brought from the floor? Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, I guess you have now. An ordinance amending the 2020 operating budget of Jefferson Parish, an ordinance amending the 2020 capital budget of Jefferson Parish, an ordinance adding the cutting and removal charges for grass obnoxious weeds or other deleterious or unhealthful growths, trash debris, refuse or discarded or noxious matter under sections 1924 through 1928 of the code to the annual ad valorem tax bill of the premises or property involved as authorized by Louisiana LSA revised statute 33 colon 123 21 and section 1924 through 1928 of the code. An ordinance amending the 2020 operating budget of Jefferson Parish, an ordinance amending the 2020 capital budget of Jefferson Parish. And that's all of the items I have to read into summary. I'm sorry. I just need a motion to accept the items in summary. All right. Uh, I, have a, I have a motion by Walker to accept, second by template. All those in favor, say aye. <laughs> All right. Madam Clerk. Uh, public notice of, 
for the December 5, 2020 elections, the Jefferson Parish Council intends to vote on a resolution to authorize the calling of a special election for the renewal of the levy and collection of a special tax in the Parish of Jefferson, State of Louisiana, specifically Fire Protection District Number 3. Shall Fire Protection District Number 3 of the Parish of Jefferson, State of Louisiana, the district, be authorized to renew the levy and collection of a tax not to exceed 20 mills on all property subject to taxation in the district for a period of 10 years, beginning with the year 2022, with the estimated amount reasonably expected to be collected from the levy of the tax for one year being $3,636,742 for the purposes of acquiring, constructing, improving, providing, maintaining, and or operating the district's fire protection facilities and equipment. The Jefferson Parish Council will vote on this resolution at the Jefferson Parish Council meeting to be held on Wednesday, July 22, 2020, beginning at 11 a.m. at the Grand Isle Multiplex, 3101 Louisiana Highway 1, Grand Isle, Louisiana. The tentative date for this election is Saturday, December 5, 2020. And that is strictly a notice. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Any objection to a motion to adjourn this meeting on motion by all council members present? Hearing none, so ordered. Thank you very much. Oh, he don't like us anymore. Oh, no. Say, oh, since you're a councilman, we don't...